0: <laughs> Pro Get
1: the extra ball,
0: extra ball.
1: They Hello and welcome to DOS Game Club episode 44. This time we're not actually talking about one game, but many games. All of the same kind, because in when was it, Martin? In May, I think. Uh, yes, in May, last month. Oh, we're we catching up we're, with the schedule. Getting there. You're we're getting, getting there. We're getting yeah. there. We're in the right month. Wow, <laughs> we're, we're, we're so great. Anyway, <laughs> we were playing pinball games um, for the whole of May, and I guess when we started, we thought there would be three or four games to play, but <laughs> it turns out there were a lot more games, weren't there? A lot, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Anyway. I'm not alone today, like nobody's ever alone on Desk DOS Game Club. You already heard Martine, also known as Tyne on the forums. Hello. And there's also Spacefarer or Tim. Hello. And newly joining is Chris, also known as Gemini. And
2: also known as Pixel Amusement. Hello.
1: Also known as Pixel Amusement. So many, many names. names. Too many. Tim has lots of names as well. Yes. So. <laughs> that's a name that's written in the document that I have right in front of my face. <laughs> that's the name you will go by.
3: Now. Okay. and um, another thing Tim and Chris have in common except for many nicknames is also they both make retro gaming videos oh yeah sure
4: oh yeah those things (laughs) we'll
1: whatever (laughs) we'll put up I I guess um, we will talk a bit about those later and we'll also put up links to your channels I guess okay in the um, show notes right definitely How did it actually happen that we play pinball games? I mean, that's that's an odd genre, isn't it? Who suggested it? It wasn't, wasn't me. me.
4: <laughs> Appar- apparently <laughs> it was me. I, yeah, to recall. I think we, it was Tim. We, we kind of had a conversation about it, didn't we? And then we just sort of decided as a communal thing. Hmm. I don't think it was any one person particularly, but I feel like it was my video that sort of spurred it on. Yeah, I feel the
3: same. I feel that... Tim was making a video series on uh, video pinball, Mm -hmm. and this got us thinking, well, actually, there are quite a few pinball games for DOS, and some of them were suggested on the forums as well. Yeah. But it seems a bit odd to, to pick one of these games for the whole month, right? Yeah. So I think that's when we figured, well, maybe if we, instead of just picking one, why not them all? <laughs> Let's do them all. <laughs> or a <laughs> right.
2: large number of them. <laughs> yeah, some. at yeah, least. Yeah, there's
1: a lot. So there's um, full disclosure. I'm not a big pinball fan, and I actually didn't play a single oh, pinball uh, game during what? Pinball Month. Boom. Um, but I, I watched <laughs> Tim's videos, and it turns out I think there were at least a few games that um, pinball enthusiasts might actually enjoy for the whole of a month. Maybe we'll find out later. But we're not only us four, there's also a voice message that we received from Esco, hmm. who has been on several episodes by now. So shall we listen to that one to get started? Yeah, sure.
0: Hello, DOS gamers. I thought I'd send a small message due to Pinball Month that everybody has been playing in May. Pinball is an interesting creature, especially on DOS, because... It shows very much the development of gaming over the period of time. The basic paradigm of pinball hasn't really changed uh, since pinball was even launched. You have a big, heavy ball that rolls around and tries to get into the bottom gutter, and then you have two flippers, or maybe even more, which you try to shoot around the uh, playing field and get things done. It's very interesting... Uh, for me because i remember that pinballs on dos especially was the only way that i could feasibly play pinball the main reason is is that if you go off and go to an arcade it would cost you the equivalent of uh say uh three weeks money to play even like three credits uh, of um pinball in the arcade. But if you did it on the PC, I mean, it was a single investment and then you could get hours and hours of gameplay. There's a couple of interesting titles in DOS pinball history. Uh, Epic Pinball for me is just one of the ones that I think I really started out with. I eventually uh, went back and uh, completed the Super Android by cheating, but it, <laughs> it's still uh, the game where You sort of essentially sit around and do a lot of things over and over again. And uh, you get rewarded. The uh, next one that I really liked was Psycho Pinball because it featured this element which is not even possible on uh, standard tables where you can travel to a different area. And otherwise, it seemed to replicate fairly well uh, the traditional uh, pinball table. Uh, But it wasn't until Pro Pinball uh, series and especially maybe Pro Pinball Time Shock, which for us came in a nice little orange jewel case, see through orange jewel case. And it was really interesting and really fun to play that because it actually felt like a real pinball table. Now, if we consider, I went to, during this month and played through a, quite a few uh, different pinball games to just try them out, try out some uh, newer ones. And uh, I ran across What was uh, some okay titles, some really bad titles, and, of course, some really good titles. And what it ends up being, especially for DOS gamers, is that I think people should choose the game that matches the specifications of whatever system they're playing on. So if you're playing on a high-end, late 1990s uh, PC, you should definitely go for the Pro Pinball series. Anything before that is... ...a waste of time unless you're really interested in historic material. Uh, If you're uh, working on a 386, find a game that will run well on a 386. Maybe Pinball Dreams, Pinball Illusions, and that series, or the Epic Pinball series. If you're working on a 286, go back and go down and and get those. Overall, DOS Pinball was uh, a lot of fun. I've spent hundreds and hundreds of hours playing uh, pinball on the PC... Because it's just, I can't fit an arcade cabinet in whatever house I had, and I couldn't afford an arcade cabinet whenever uh, I could have time. And then I don't have uh, to uh, sit in an arcade and insert, uh, I don't know, uh, half a month's worth of money into a machine just so I can have a little bit of fun. I have played uh, traditional, you know, uh, arcade pinball games as well. But Overall, the best experience I've found outside of the arcade has always been on PC and just pressing even like uh, the left shift and the numpad enter just for the, your flippers uh, to uh, to play the game. And this was a, a fun month to go back and, and try a few uh, of the uh, titles that I've never heard of. And I'm really surprised that uh, DOS Pinball extends as far as 1998 in the uh, years, and that's really late as far as DOS games go, in in my opinion. But a lot of the later games are really good and uh, are worth a tryout. And they're probably even comparable or better to uh, modern pinball tables or even stuff that you can buy in, say, uh, Zen Pinball's Pinball FX series. I would almost say that some of them are better. And I was interested to find out that I think Time Shock... From Pro Pinball is still one of the top-rated pinball games on Moby Games, so definitely go out, play some pinball, and uh, maybe try the later games rather than the earlier games. If you're especially if you're just working in DOSBox on modern hardware. No,
1: that was quite a lot of, of voice messages. I think it? that's
3: the episode done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> done.
3: Yep, great late yes. team.
2: I find it kind of interesting, though, that he mentioned not being able to afford a pinball machine. And I don't think a lot of people realize this, but there was actually a sort of dark ages for pinball from the mid-2000s to late 2000s, where the, all the different arcade venues were just trying to get rid of these things. And they were selling for stupidly cheap, mm. despite the fact these are really expensive devices. And nowadays, with the, with the boom in pinball interest, these things go really expensive now yeah well,
4: yeah and you can you can buy new ones as well, can't you? Oh, yeah, they there's still the, make uh, tons of them there's there's remakes of various tables from from the golden era, oh yeah, like the late nineties and the well early to late nineties basically
3: yeah so i think i think this this curve that you mentioned chris where where at one point nobody wants them, and then later people do want them. I think you see that with a lot of technology, actually. Yeah, not lots. just pinball, not even just games. Oh yeah. Well, I do remember that retro gaming is another thing. Like there was a time when you could
2: buy like <laughs> some of the, some of these games that are like two hundred, three hundred dollars now. You can buy them for like ten bucks.
3: Yeah. 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 Exactly. And and I'm uh, somewhat of a, a synthesizer fan myself. And. I've got a, an analog synthesizer from the 1970s, which is actually pretty pricey nowadays. But if you would went out and bought this in the 90s, people would have given it to you for free. They were like, "What's this old junk?" Yeah. So yeah, that's how these things go. Yeah, exactly. And epic pin, Epic Pinball
2: was definitely one of the one of the big ones for DOS. It was one of the ones a lot of people know about just because of the fact that you got so much with it. Because hmm. it wasn't just one table; it was like. Ultimately, twelve tables. Uh, technically, thirteen, but the thirteenth table is almost like shouldn't exist because it's like <laughs> half finished.
1: So I, I was thinking, um, you're already into discussing some of the later games. Maybe we should start a bit earlier and take a look at the early games. Maybe even even some games um, that were that predate the DOS era. Maybe just to see where those games come from in. on on the computer or on consoles. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. So I I know that Tim knows a lot about that stuff, so maybe you want (laughs) to give a little short lecture. Well, sure. But keep it short, please.
4: (laughs) Okay, okay, I'll try. (laughs) My memory is not too good, so it'll be short. Um, As far as I can remember, the pinball video game thing started in the arcades, weirdly enough, and I didn't really get it because pinball was already in the arcades, so why would you want to play a crappy arcade replica of a pinball table when the real thing was was like a few meters away from you you know
1: cheaper well, maybe it might might have been cheaper or it's just you know it's all this this new computer stuff fancy exciting well I guess
4: but then you play it for five minutes and think well this isn't anything like what what is across the room. But then you've already
1: put four quarters in it.
4: <laughs> yeah yeah that, that that was in the arcade. so in um, around 1981 Uh, A fellow called Bill Budge made a few games for the Apple II, and they came to DOS. The first one was Raster Blaster, uh, which was an attempt, and it was was a pretty good attempt for the time. The physics were pretty wonky, but to say that you had a full pinball table that had flashing lights and bumpers and ramps and things on it, it was pretty impressive. Um, And then he followed that up with Pinball Construction Set, which I think is a pretty big one, Um, and it's the first one we've got noted down here. So I'd say it's probably the,
1: the first sort of major one. It's also one of the few of the list that I actually knew before. Yeah. Not that I played it, but at least I had heard of it and saw I saw screenshots and
2: well the other thing too is that some people might have played games made with the pinball construction exactly, set without yeah. realizing it. Yeah. Because you could compile the tables into their own separate executables.
4: That's right. Yeah, and if you if you were to look on Moby games for pinball games. Half of them, well, perhaps not half of them, but quite a lot of them that you see in the 80s and early 90s, they're all just pinball construction set tables. Yeah, Um, Which which is quite interesting. Uh, It came out in 1983 for the Apple II, but it wasn't released for PC until 85. And I think it was booter only, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it was a booter game. Yeah, I don't think it came out for DOS specifically. Uh, Published by EA, so it had that record-style... Uh, packaging which was super super cool. Yep. Um and yeah, it's the original pinball builder. And I say the original. There's not really too many pinball builders as such. I think it was the original. It was, yeah. I don't think there was anything that predated it. Yeah, it was it was the original. It,
3: it's even the original like game builder, isn't it? I guess so. Oh no, there were there was I think there were there was something. Hmm. Oh, I'm
2: trying to remember I think there was something that predated it in terms of making games, but not get, a whole lot. It wouldn't be a whole lot. No, it would be de- definitely be one of the first ones.
3: Yeah, it's like this is this is the the where where Unity was born and Unreal Engine. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of you guys play this one? No, I've only me? watched videos, and <laughs> well, I watched videos. I actually watched uh, Chris's video on this one.
4: Okay.
2: Yes, because I did do a full video on this because I've got the packaging for it and everything. This was
4: actually Ooh, um
3: nice. This was actually given to me by Jim Leonard of Moby Games. So all right, cool. Yeah, really cool. But yeah, I watched the video and then I figured,
4: yeah, I've I've seen this. I yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, it's. I, I tried making a table with it. Oh. It didn't go down well. Mm. It was, it, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a chore. Mm. And it's probably. I mean, I played the Apple II version, and that's actually the best way to put it: is that it's a bit of a chore because a bit of a chore. Yeah, you
2: putting the pieces <laughs> down themselves is easy, but then you have to not only link all the lot some of the logic together, but you also have to draw the actual shape of the playfield using this sort of vector based interface and it's really slow Mm. yeah
1: yeah it wasn't it wasn't (laughs) good sure but i guess if you see it in the context of the time if if you got this in in 83 i mean yeah yeah would probably have been quite something
3: totally and i think it's quite clever that if you've made a somewhat mediocre pinball game then if you turn it into a make your own game thing then you can just Shift the blame onto the player if it's not really <laughs> good. So
4: that's actually a really clever move. No, it's your game that sucks.
1: Did it did it ship with any actual tables that were supposed to be actually played, besides being demos for the program?
4: No, I think I think all the tables that came with it were just demos.
2: Huh. Well, I think you can't, couldn't really do much more than big than kind of like demo type tables. Like, yeah, the logic only got you so far.
3: I think it's um, it's maybe important to 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 mention, at least, that this game, it doesn't scroll, right? It's like, yeah. no, it's got yes. the single whole screen. table on the screen, which is a bit of a thing with fi- pinball.
4: Yeah, a lot of these early games did that. I think even before, anytime before the 90s, all the pinball tables were just single screen affairs. Yeah, they um, kind of
2: had to do that because it would have taken too much processing power to scroll the screen as fast as it would need to go.
4: Exactly, yeah. Especially
1: if you're on an Apple II, in mm. this case.
4: <laughs> yeah and some of the later 80s games that weren't on DOS, they did have sort of tall screens. So there were multiple screens tall, but they were flip screen. And that wasn't a good a good idea.
1: <laughs> well, at least with, with EGA, they could have done scrolling in hardware, so it would have been relatively cheap to do. But... Yeah,
4: I don't, I don't know of any that do it, though. Hmm.
1: Pinball Construction said it's c g a CGA. Yeah. If those games support CGA, then yeah. That's not good. Yeah.
3: No. But this is also early 80s. I mean, who had an EGA card <laughs> anyway? Well,
1: it came out in 84, I think. So, yeah, not the game is
3: from 83. So,
4: yeah, yeah, the game's from 83 for the Apple Although 2. that's the Apple II version.
1: Um, yeah.
3: The, the PC, so the, the PC
4: version was 85.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, but well, I, like
4: we say, it was a booter game. So, I guess
1: you don't, you don't want to base your, your gameplay. On something that only the high-end computers could play, at least back then, True. when yeah, yeah, definitely, when, when Especially people did upgrade, if it's a builder. Yeah.
2: So yeah, you needed to support CGA yeah. in the in the mid '80s, or ha, you'd be cutting out half your market, exactly.
1: And, and that means you cannot have gameplay that doesn't work yeah. on, an EG, on on a CGA card. So yeah. Well,
4: the thing is, I don't, I don't even think it, it would have needed EGA. If I know it would, might have needed it for the scrolling, but for a game like this, it's pretty basic anyway, isn't mm. it? Because you you can understand pinball without it being super flashy, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah,
3: just the only odd thing I always that that's what I find with all these single screen pinball games is that, well, there's just a certain aspect ratio to a pinball table. Yeah. And it's not really the same as a monitor at all. Yeah. So these games they use the full height of the screen, but they don't use any of the they they use like the half of the width something like that yeah so you end up with just half of your screen empty and that's just
4: such a <laughs> weird experience yeah there was there was a um, a game that came out in 1982 if I recall called David's Midnight Magic mm-hmm. and that was a wider table that filled more of the screen and that was
2: actually based on a real pinball table called Black Knight
4: yeah yeah. But I think it was even wider than that, wasn't it?
2: Yes, because the real black yeah. Knight is just a standard size pinball table, yeah. yeah, has some neat features, but not super wide standard size
4: funny thing is there were some some tables that were wide body oh yeah, they were called that, and they were significantly wider than your average pinball table, so it's interesting that they didn't base it off that
2: yeah, well, Can again, you know? it's probably just trying to fill the screen better, right mm. true, yeah, so that's the that's the pinball construction set
4: yeah In- interesting little thing yeah um. But it had competition. It did. It did. And in 1985, again, uh, there was a game called Macadam Bumper, which is a weird title. It was actually renamed
2: That's... to Pinball Wizard for North American audiences. Mm. Oh, wow. It's a much better title.
4: wonder how long it took them to come up with that one. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is another pinball builder. And according to our UNESCO, this is the oldest DOS, specifically DOS pinball
1: game. Because it's not a booter game, you mean.
4: Exactly, yeah.
1: Right. Um, Booters don't actually count as DOS but we've we've played Booter games before and considered them DOS games so let's (laughs) let's (laughs) Let's just let that one slide.
2: You can actually convert some Booter games to DOS so
4: yeah Um, and the DOS version came out in 1987 so it was a couple of years later than Pinball Construction set and I think it was in EGA was it? You're going to have to help me out on that one. It has
2: um, CGA and EGA support Mm -hmm. and what's Really annoying is it also says it has Tandy support because oh. Tandy 1000 computers had their own 16 color method mm-hmm. that was came from the PC Junior. But if you try to use it, you get CGA. Oh, that's good. That's fantastic. <laughs> by, by the way, by, Mega Man for DOS does that too. Right? <laughs> you
1: choose Tandy, you get CGA. Hmm. Lovely. Well, they said it's supported, not <laughs> that it looks any better.
4: They said it would work. <laughs> it's marketing. Oh. So this is another pinball build, eh? Um, I admit I didn't really play this very much. Mac- Macadam bumper—is that how you pronounce Macadam- it? Macadam. I don't know. <laughs> like macadamia nut. I, the, the title. My copy says pinball wizard, so <laughs> that's how I pronounce it. <laughs> but it, it it
3: is also one of those single uh, single screen ones, right? It is, mm-hmm. yeah. Although, yeah. they they were a little bit more creative with filling the screen because instead of just having all of your screen black, they went with pictures of. Clown ladies? I don't know. What's
4: it's a weird one, isn't it?
3: I guess that's the the madam, the the, the, <laughs> the macadam. I guess. <laughs>
4: sure. Well, let's let say that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I I I pronounce it macadam. I don't know like what the actual real pronunciation is, but I do know that it's a real word. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to quickly look up what that what it actually stands for here.
1: <laughs> well, those those are not clown ladies. I think they're supposed to be like 80s disco. Stuff,
4: yeah it's, a bit, yeah, it's a bit roller disco, isn't it? Hmm, right? <laughs> okay, it does kind of remind me as well of <laughs> the um, the character from the pinball game Circus Voltaire. So, I wonder if they've uh, taken some inspiration from that. I think Circus Voltaire came later. Oh, did it? All oh, right, okay, yeah, maybe not then. Mm.
1: I was just thinking the the hairstyle looks a lot like um, the name, the hairstyle of the clown in Thimbleweed Park. What's his name? Oh yeah, a <laughs> oh, ransom. Ransom exactly. Yeah,
4: that is a lot of hair. To be fair, that's <laughs> that, yeah. that's that's quite a do. It's, it's an orange 80s. afro really. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's an
2: explosion. Okay, this can't be right because this is saying macadam is like a roadway or pavement, especially with a bituminous binder. What? That, that can't be right.
4: I mean, maybe maybe the connection is that you're building it, so it's like building a pavement. The thing is,
2: is that I think it's a... Because the macadam bumper came from ERE Informatique, which is a French company, yeah. so I think it's actually a French word. yeah, And it's right. giving me an English definition instead, which is <laughs> not helping.
4: Mm. Right. Well... We'll probably be stuck on this all day if we can. So
2: so let's so let's talk about how terrible this game
4: actually is. (laughs) If I had to describe it, it'd be like playing pinball on like ice. It's just uh, it's a nightmare. (laughs) Because you hit the you hit the you hit the ball and it just keeps going and going and going. It doesn't come down at
2: all. Well actually and then when it what it it's it's weird though, because the way Makata Bumper's physics works is it does eventually come down. It just like takes a sharp <laughs> nose dive.
4: Yes, yes. Yeah, I remember that. It, and it goes straight down, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, just like have, doesn't happen in real pinball. It's a weird one. Yeah. But I, that's kind of what you got with old pinball games. That the physics we're on was a bit of a lottery. Yeah, which we'll, which we'll go into as we discuss more of the games.
3: Does it, um, does it allow you to distribute the tables you've made with it, just like the construction set? Well, you can't compile them into, a, into their own
2: separate files, so you have to have the program itself to be able to play tables made
1: with it. Mm. Right. Which makes sense from an economic standpoint. Yeah. More, yeah, business,
3: more business sense, <laughs> but less fun sense.
1: Yeah.
3: I've never heard of this ERE Informatique. Oh, they made they made a bunch of games. Um, another one I
2: know off the top of my head is um Bubble Ghost. Okay, if you've if you ever heard of that one, that's a new one on me. I think they actually ran that at a GDQ recently. Oh, really? Um, I'll quickly pull up the list of games
3: that they've made. They've made a lot of games.
4: Oh yeah, they did a lot of games in like eighty six and eighty seven.
3: Yeah, that's, a lot of mid 80s That's quite
4: a. Uh, it's
2: quite a production, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Captain Blood. That's one of the more that's one of the more famous ones they did because Captain Blood is a very weird game. <laughs> but it has like this that's sort as of
4: edgy as it gets, isn't it? It has a
2: sort of exploration <laughs> aspect to it where you're going around space and you're trying to basically absorb specific kinds of aliens to basically sustain yourself. It's really weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, Fran- that's French games for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's French games in a nutshell.
1: But. N- never seen a weird French game before.
3: But uh, yeah, this does sound interesting. I think we should look into this uh, developer and maybe pick one of their games for a future episode. Because this... Yeah, yeah fun this- to pick from.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. All the French games we've picked so far were all pretty <laughs> different, but also cool in some way. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, they're good. They're good in their own special way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So I think I think these are the, the like the old school class of of pinball games, right? Yeah, the, the single screen kind of crappy physics, just yeah, pretty mediocre. Not really offering the same experience as actual pinball, although maybe <laughs> none of them do. But these one definitely don't.
4: Yeah, I think they were, think they were just something, weren't they? Because it's one thing having having a dodgy pinball simulation in an arcade, but having one at home was mm. kind of mind blowing back in the day. I would imagine. Totally. Well, I will, I will say that um, ha, because I play a lot of real pinball
2: now, the, there are some major differences between digital and real that you just cannot get with digital, yeah. no matter how hard you try. But we can discuss that stuff
3: later. Yeah. Yeah. But even so, I mean, these games, they're, they're just so far removed from actual pinball that it's yeah almost not even the same sort of thing.
4: Yeah, they're just like experiments, aren't they, more than anything?
3: Well, it's, it's, a, it's almost like a love letter to pinball. Mm. The people who make
2: these games, they really like pinball, and they want to try to get more people interested in it. So what do they do? They make a pinball game. But you can only do so much with that, right? So they're, they're doing the best they can, given the limitations of the technology.
3: Yeah, totally. Yeah, And actually, I think that's a, that's a theme throughout pinball history, is that it's really closely tied to the, to the tech that was available.
4: Definitely, yeah. Yeah, because they've, they've been around for such a long time. I mean, there was a pinball game on the RCA Studio 2, which was an obscure little console. And that is a... I mean, calling it pinball is, is charitable at best. But <laughs> the fact that it exists and is is on that system, it's a snapshot into where gaming was at the time. Hmm. So you can look at the pinball game and think, right, that's...
2: And anybody who's played video pinball on the Atari 2600 knows what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Although the funny thing is is that they did, eventually, they did eventually do Midnight Magic on the 2600. It's not the same table layout, but it's way better All than right. the original
1: video pinball was. Yeah, developers learn. Right? Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, just a short sidetrack here. You said that um, we can see the state of technology by looking at pinball games. Do they still make pinball games today? Oh, yeah.
2: Yes. They're coming out with, they come out with new tables every year.
1: Mm-hmm. So and they use like like I don't know are they ray ray traced nowadays or <laughs> VR
3: <laughs> VR VR pinball
2: VR. Um, Well, what what typically happens nowadays is they they finally all the the manufacturers that are out there have transitioned away from dot matrix displays, so they all have screens now on their pinball machines. So you actually have like a full color HD screen that's showing your game status and everything, and. The technology is still... There's some new tech involved, but a lot of it is still pretty much the same as it was like decades ago. Because there's some things you just simply can't approve. of.
1: I mean, with uh, virtual pinball, like computer pinball.
2: Oh. That's um, what I meant there. I get, so, they, there are still some new computerized pinball games that are being made nowadays. It's, it's more so... It's more about the collection games now. Like you got um, the Pinball FX series and Pinball Arcade series. Yeah, like Pinball FX is all original stuff, and Pinball Arcade is trying to take real pinball tables and digitize them.
4: Well, and, well. I mean that that was the case until Pinball Arcade lost the Williams license, and then that got yeah. That, that to was not fans. a good thing. No, that was not a good thing. <laughs>
1: okay, okay. Let, let's not wander off too far. I just wanted to. Yeah, <laughs> get yeah. <this> <laughs> oh, <no>.
4: We're
1: getting <laughs> a little
3: bit sidetracked. I I feel that, that we're transitioning now into yeah. a new well a new era, a new I don't know, something. Something major is happening now in the world of video pinball.
4: Well, it was something happening in the major in the world of video games, and that was the release of the Amiga, because that was massive in it at its time. Mm. Um, but we're talking about DOS, so Amiga's not allowed.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to have to beep <laughs> that out.
4: <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say the Amiga is a fine
3: console <laughs> playing
1: games. <laughs> <The> console, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, We're getting bad, bad hate mail again. <laughs> no, we actually never did.
2: Unless you repackage it into a CD32, then you've got problems.
4: <laughs> so the big game of this era uh, was Pinball Dreams, which I think is it is the big one yeah that everyone remembers i mean if you t- if you see people talking about video pinball undoubtedly they're going to bring up pinball dreams
3: yeah
2: and unfortunately it's one of the few dos pinball games i haven't played
4: <laughs>
3: oh. Ooh. well i did play it um mm-hmm. i played I'm, i played most of these as a kid actually i think i think what happened is that pinball dreams Kicked off a whole generation I definitely yeah. of pinball games for for home consoles, for home computers, for for PC as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't know for some reason I had most of these on my system. I don't remember buying any of them. Um, <laughs> they were there in a folder. I don't know. It's
1: always so weird. <laughs>
3: But they're they're a blur in my mind, you know, like Pinball Dreams, Pinball Fantasies, Pinball Illusions, Epic Pinball, Psycho. There were they're so many like of these games. One game in my mind, it's all one mushy. I don't know. So actually, it's it was kind of fun this month to to untangle it all a bit, and and it turns out that Pinball Dreams, a lot can be traced back to Pinball Dreams. Yeah, definitely. So um, it seems that this spawned the whole thing.
4: Yeah. Well, there were four tables in each in each of these releases. So there was Pinball Dreams in 92, Fantasies, which was the sequel in 94 for DOS, Pinball Dreams 2 in 94. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> makes, sen- makes sense of that one. And then finally, there was Pinball Illusions right. in 1995. And each one includes four tables. There was also Pinball Dreams Deluxe, which sort of uh, merged Dreams and Dreams 2. And I think... Did it add another table as well? I can't remember. I think it added one. Yeah, that's that's what I seem to recall. Uh, and another interesting thing in Pinball Dreams Deluxe is that it's got a pinball history section, which is kind of amusing. It's it's like an encyclopedia, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Because I, I, I played it on stream and I think you were there watching as well. And, yeah. and um, it was just totally unexpected to find this... Edutainment within my pinball game. Well, not a lot of attainment. Well, <laughs> just a lot of edu. Yeah. <laughs> it was just bizarre. Um, but let's let's talk about these games. So they get a lot of praise, and they've got a, a pretty good reputation. I don't rate them very much, though, personally.
3: They are, I would uh, say, technically very impressive. Yeah, the products of the time, I would say. Um, they have good music. Yeah. They they have good colors. Uh smooth, scrolling, yeah. stuff like that. So it's technically all very well made. But there's a big but. Mm-mm. None of the tables are actually that fun.
4: <laughs> well that's it, isn't it? And and the thing with dreams, I mean I I I admittedly didn't play Fantasies or Illusions particularly much, but hmm. The thing with dreams was that the tables didn't have much to do. Yeah, and if you look at a real pinball table, there's there's a bit of progression there. You know, you complete certain objectives and then you open up more objectives to do, and then eventually you get to the end, quote unquote. Well, that's um, with
2: a '90s pinball table. If you go back to the '80s, '70s, and '80s, pinball machines were still pretty simple in terms of progression.
4: That's true. Yeah, yeah, but then when you got the likes of, um, well, the likes of Black Knight and and Things that followed on from that, they started to get more and more uh, advanced and more involved.
2: Yeah, it was it was when they started getting uh, when they started doing alphanumeric displays on the real machines, yeah. where they could actually have like progression that made sense because they could actually tell you what was happening.
4: Yeah, they could have animations and stuff. Yeah, but I've, the thing with me for me is that you've got a a game console or a computer to play this on, so surely that would give you the the impetus to do more with the format. You know what I mean? But
2: well, then you've also got the problem that you've now got computer game designers trying to make a pinball game. Mm. <laughs> and it's two very different things.
4: Yeah, exactly. So I suppose I can respect him for sticking to the pinball format. Yeah. the The other problem I had with this was that the physics just aren't quite right.
3: Mm. I don't yeah. know. This is specifically for dreams, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. They... I think I think the sequels are are better.
4: They did improve them. Yeah.
3: So I think it's specifically dreams, and maybe there's a difference between the Amiga and the DOS version. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think there is from memory. Yeah, the, the, it doesn't just feel right or something. Mm. The, the first one, it's just not very satisfying. It's a,
4: it's a bit bouncy. Yeah. It's like playing with a tennis ball.
3: I should probably point out right now that bouncy is the way real
2: pinball is. A lot of people don't. Re- That's another misconception <laughs> between real pinball and the digitized pinball. Is it's a lot bouncier than you think it is.
4: Yeah, maybe bouncy wasn't quite the right word. I'm thinking... because it doesn't. It feels like it's underwater. That's the best way I can put it. So slow, but not. It's not. It's not quite as bad as some. But like, like when it's going down the in lane and and the ball's sort of bouncing in between the the. Two walls within the inlane. that doesn't happen in real pinball. Well, it does. Much. It just
2: happens really fast.
4: Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. So the the ball isn't terribly heavy. Is perhaps what I'm looking for. So is the game just slow? Yeah,
2: perhaps. but it is smooth though. It almost sounds to me like like the collision interaction in the game is slow. Yeah, as opposed to like the actual movement.
4: It's hard to describe without without actually playing it or seeing it in action.
2: Yeah, because I'm <laughs> just I'm just going on what I'm hearing. Yeah, here, so. yeah.
4: Um, but I th-
3: yeah I think that just the main thing is that especially dreams the the tables are just a bit too empty yeah and so yeah you've just seen it well actually I'm looking at the um
2: I'm looking at the tables right now because I've never seen these before right mm-hmm. and I have one common criticism of all of these tables and pinball dreams Go on. they're mm-hmm. all top-heavy. Yes. Mm. All yeah. the stuff to do is in the top of the play field.
4: Yeah. Definitely. And you know what the other problem is that ties in directly to that? It's a scroller. And I know that it was the tech of the time and it was a very important to have scrolling tables because then you could get, you could fill the screen and you could have a, a table that was multiple screens high, but you can't see where you're aiming. And that just really, really screws me up in these games. I just can't see what I'm doing, so I never do very well.
3: Yeah, it seems you're stuck at, at the lowest half yeah. uh, a lot of the times, and then you want to get the ball up into the interesting area, but... But you keep
4: bouncing off stuff.
3: Yeah, you mainly just spend the whole game trying to to get it to into some interesting section, mm-hmm. but failing. Yeah, I do want to say, though, I, w- I don't want to say Pinball Dreams is a bad game, because honestly, it was a big leap forward uh, compared to the previous generation, and it certainly was. They all look good. Yeah, the presentation is really nice. So yeah, I think I think this is an important and a cool game. Just yeah, if you play it for a long time, it gets a bit boring after a while. That's really the main complaint.
4: But you do have four tables, so that that kind of mitigates that.
3: Yeah, I do want to say that the first sequel, uh, Pinball Fantasies we got a comment from from the same Jim Leonard from Moby Games who uh, donated your uh, construction set. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said Pimble Fantasy is actually a really impressive game technically because it runs full speed with music on a 286, which seems really pretty amazing.
1: That would be yeah that's also contradicting what one of the reviews says that I found oh, hmm. of this game. So um, one of the more popular German magazines that actually gave the game um, 83 out of 100 points says, uh, I'm trying to translate in real time, <laughs> um, but who doesn't have at least a 486 with 50 megahertz or more will get the shock of their life. Ah. So, hmm. so
3: I don't know. I, I, I don't have an old machine to, to test this, but it seems a bit odd. Like this game was released in 94 for DOS? Hmm. So it seems a bit odd to focus on such an old CPU then, but I don't know. It's it's not. Oh, well, if it's
1: if it's ported from the Amiga, yeah, then yeah. it's a similar, similar um, CPU performance.
3: And uh, Digital Illusions, uh, the developer of these games, aren't they tied into the demo scene or something? That would make sense, yeah. given having them
2: trying to make this stuff work on older systems. And I'm looking at the, the pinball fantasies tables now, and these definitely look these definitely look way better than in dreams.
4: Yeah, they played better. That's for sure.
3: Mm, yeah, they improved. They definitely improved. Yeah, these guys are uh, the the demo group Digital Illusions from Sweden, and they they renamed to Dice later. Yeah, they're now owned by Electronic Arts.
4: Yeah, and they, they they made a few little games, haven't they? I, I can't think of any off the yeah. top of my head, but you know, <laughs> just some little indie developer.
3: that EA yeah. yeah,
4: is just taken under the wing,
3: exactly,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like they do. Yes. So anyway, yeah.
3: so technically, really impressive, and the sequels are pretty good.
4: Yeah, and and the whole and it really set the new standard. It did, yeah. The Pinball Dream style was the de facto standard from from when it released until. I want to say about 2000. Yeah, this is also maybe why
3: all of the DOS pinball games are merged into one yeah. game in my mind, because they all have a similar sort of aesthetic and a sort of yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. similar... They look yeah. pretty similar, don't they? Yeah, yeah.
3: For the most part.
4: So following on from Pinball Dreams um, is Epic Pinball, and this came about because, I don't recall the name of the developer, but they basically said... If they can do that on Amiga, we can do that on DOS. Yeah. So let's do a better one on DOS, basically. <laughs> and so they made Epic Pinball. And in the tradition of Epic Games, they released the first table of shareware. Mm-hmm. That was the Super Android table, which which Esco mentioned. Originally, it was just called Android, though.
2: Yeah. There is actually a functional difference between Android and Super Android, but it's very minor. Okay. Mm.
4: Um, but Epic Pinball was massive, wasn't it? Like you mentioned earlier, it had somewhat like 13 tables in it, or 12 and a half.
2: <laughs> well, it, st- it started with eight. Yeah. Which is already started with eight tables, yeah, yeah which yeah. is already a lot. But um, and eventually they they added, because they sold it as two separate packs, right? So mm-hmm. you could buy the pack that had the first four tables, or you could buy the pack that had the second four tables, or you could buy the combo that had them, all of them. yeah. And then they eventually made a third pack,
3: which added another four tables. Yeah. And Ironically, out of all these, Androids one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in fact, the best one. So the free one, one in in classic shareware tradition, the yeah. free one is the best one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> always the same.
3: Although to be to be fair, a lot of the tables do have a
2: very similar feel in terms of the quality. So mm. Mm, at least in terms of the first two packs, the third pack things get a little weird.
4: So have you played all the tables, then I'm guessing you have.
2: Oh yeah. Oh, and the uh, the I was just looking this up now. The uh the developer for Epic Pinball was Digital Extremes. Oh, uh, so they're the ones—they're the ones who went on to do um, the Unreal games, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay.
3: It started as uh, Silverball, didn't it?
4: It did. Yeah, they released a, a. It wasn't the Android table. It was a separate table that they released under Silverball, and then that just got sort of extrapolated and expanded into Epic Pinball, as far as I'm aware. Right. And um, and that that was the game that they made, and we like, we can do better than the Amiga, yeah, basically. That was the whole attitude
3: of of Epic at the time. <laughs> it's just, yeah, we we can do better than the rest, and I think it's cool. It's like a what do you call this? Uh, it's like an arms race. Yeah, exactly. And they were, they had little taunting messages into the game sometimes. <laughs> like, the, what's what's the one with the rabbit, the Jazz Jack Rabbit?
4: Jazz Jack Rabbit, yeah, had Apogee mode.
3: Yeah, it has a it has a Commander Keen mode where it's all in sixteen yeah. colors. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's just that. So, Epic Pinball. I think it has slightly better physics than Pinball Dreams, mm. um, and it, you know, it, it works. It's another scroller, which is a, you know, you know my feelings on scrollers now. Yeah. Um, I won't belabor the point, but the fact is that there are just there's so many tables, and like we say, they're not all they're not all great, especially not the Safari table that was released on the CD-ROM version.
2: Mm. That would be the thirteenth table. table.
4: Yeah, that's that the one that's only half finished because it certainly feels like it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it even it even looks it.
4: <laughs> yeah, but even even like the Excalibur table that I played, there's not really a whole lot on that table. It's just like three bumpers and. Well, they were trying to make that one feel like
2: a seventies table. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, because they they try, they tried to um, they tried to mimic the different eras of pinball tables with their designs, okay. with kind of mixed results.
4: Mm. Well, I I didn't really get that feeling. So
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if if they did it right, you would have got that feeling.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah, in terms of you were mentioning the physics too. Um, yeah. So I was actually played Epic Pinball on one of my live streams recently, and okay. I remembered the physics being. Bad compared to real pinball. So, I was going to try to prove to the people in the stream that certain like tricks that you could do on a real pinball machine don't work in Epic Pinball. And then the first one I tried actually worked.
4: All right. <laughs> <Classic>.
2: <laughs> which, Classic. Which, which one was it, out of interest? That was the um, uh, post transfer. Right. So, post transfer, okay. for those who don't know, is when You've got the ball trapped on a flipper and there's usually like a bumper or um, a slingshot that's above where the flipper is. Now there's a post at the bottom of that slingshot that's used to like hold the slingshot in place. But if you were have the ball trapped with the flipper and you flip it again really quickly at just the right in just the right way, the ball will go up, hit the post for that slingshot, and then bounce horizontally towards the other flipper, where you can then catch it on that flipper. And that's called a post-transfer.
4: Yeah, that was was something I was going to mention, actually, is that in in the pinball games previous to this, the flippers are either on or off, aren't they? They're either up or down, and there's no sort of middle ground.
2: That's kind of how it is on real pinball, too, because you have so little...
4: It is, but with with tiny movements, you can do things like post-transfers and and juggle the balls and stuff when you've got a multi-ball going. I don't know the technical terms.
2: <laughs> it's more a matter of whether the physics are doing what they're supposed to or not.
4: Exactly, yeah. Because, like, I mean, yeah. in,
2: most, in most digital pinball games, especially the earliest ones, if you tried to do a post-transfer, chances are you just end up with the ball just going straight up the play field or something.
4: This, this is what I mean. There's no, there's no nuance to it. There's no... Um, yeah. You, you can't do those very fine movements.
2: It just surprised me that Epic Pinball actually, for as bad as the physics feel it's actually still possible to do some of those
4: tricks. Yeah. And that really caught me off guard. So they've got a competent physics engine. They just didn't quite tweak it right. Is that what we're saying? Something like that. Okay. Am, am I right in thinking that Epic Pinball was... I mean, they had Jill of the Jungle before that, didn't they? But yeah. was, was that their big release?
3: Uh, or, or, it was definitely a big success for them. Yeah, and yeah. it did allow them to grow bigger.
4: Because it's another one that gets mentioned a lot when when people are talking about video pinball.
2: Yeah, because there was the one um the one of the tables in in Epic Pinball, the Jungle Pinball Table was built was based on uh Jill of the Jungle.
4: Mm-hmm. And after this, we had the game Psycho Pinball, which was a little bit different again. You see, that's the thing about all these pinball tables, that they all bring their own little new additions to the formula. And the thing that Psycho Pinball did, as Esko mentioned in his voice message, was that you've got this one central table. And then from there, you can complete certain objectives and then nip off to other different tables, which I found interesting. Of course, you can just play them separately as well if you want
1: to. Yeah. Um, For people like me who are not much into pinball and haven't played any of those holdars that transfer work, you hit like a target and then it flips over to a different table or is there like a smooth transition that you can watch or what's going on there?
4: Yeah, you just, you just get it into a hole and then the screen fades out and fades into a different table. All oh, right. Nothing.
1: That wasn't actually a new
2: thing. Because even if you go all the way back to NES pinball, the very like the the original black box game that did that too.
4: Yes, of course, but it wasn't a whole other pinball table, was it? It was like a mini game.
2: No, that's true. It was kind of like a sort of a mini game. Yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah, and the likes of Alien Crush and that did the same thing.
2: Yeah. But then you also had a pinball RPG, literally on the NES, where you would actually like go up to new and new tables, ah. <laughs> progressing through. Gosh, so I, I totally
4: forgot that even existed. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> it wasn't a new thing switching yeah. between tables, but it was definitely
3: something you didn't see very often. And and speaking of mini games, this one has loads of mini games.
4: It does, yeah. Um, it's got. Um, is it one per table? I can't. I can't recall. I think. It... I think some tables have multiple. Actually, right okay well i remember the um, the cowboy one with the train yeah yeah i couldn't work out how to get to any of these mini games i'll be honest I, I i got some pretty decent scores but i didn't
3: yeah <laughs> i don't remember now but i definitely remember as a kid hmm. when i was just spending the whole day playing this <laughs> definitely ended up in in multiple mini games
4: so you've got some good memories of this then
3: yeah, man, this is That's... this is awesome. Yeah, the Wild West <laughs> table it has two or three mini games. Uh, one of them uh, is is avoiding an oncoming train. Right. So there's a train coming at you on the little LCD screen, and you have to dodge left or right using the flippers. Right. And uh, another one is uh, playing cards. There's either a, a higher lower card
4: game and a blackjack one.
2: It's basically doing the whole video mode thing from '90s
4: pinball games. Yeah, yeah. But there was also separate games weren't there I mean there was when when I was watching the demo mode of this because that's what I do (laughs) it went into all these other different games that were full screen things like there was one where you were on top of the train and sort of it was almost a platformer which I found interesting okay Uh, and I kind of wondered why it was there because surely you're there to play the pinball and not to play some mediocre platformer but I don't know it breaks up the action a bit Um, definitely and it's interesting to see and it, it it kind of is an expansion of that video mode idea that you had in in real pinball games at the time.
3: Mm. I don't think this game was originally released for DOS, or was it? I think no, it was originally a Mega Drive game yeah. or Genesis.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my contribution. Yeah, <laughs> the word yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Um, something else that that's striking about this, and something once again that you mentioned, Tain, that. Tables are very tall compared to the games that came before it. Hmm. So getting on for like three screens tall, aren't they?
3: Because m- most of the the previous generation was just two screens, right? You just yeah, go roundabout, yeah. Yeah, move the ball up and then it would scroll one screen up and that would be the whole table. But this uh, Psycho Pinball, it's, it, it scrolls up three times, I think.
4: It goes forever, it just doesn't stop.
3: Yeah, it's <laughs> skyscraper pinball, yeah.
4: <laughs> that would be something else. <laughs> And and again that's something that that some games before this kind of did. I mean the likes of Devil's Crush on the PC Engine that was like many many screens tall. Hmm. Um but that was a different style of game because that had several flippers going up the table so Right. Mm, that that was that was playing a bit more with the formula. Hmm. This is this is a straightforward pinball game.
3: Yeah, this is still very much in line with all the previous like Epic Pinball and Pinball Dreams and 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 all that. Yeah, um, yeah, that school of of design.
4: I thought the physics were quite a bit better in this.
3: Yeah, I think Psycho Pinball is my favorite one out of this generation.
4: Yeah, it's a good one, and again, it's got more progression within the tables as well. Yeah, I feel. Yeah, definitely. So top marks from so, me. That's a good one.
3: Psycho Pinball. It's a good game. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else has
4: ever talked about Psycho Pinball before.
3: But actually, um, well, this, this was released in 95. Yes. Yeah. this uh, Originally for the Sega in 94, but a year later for PC in 95. Mm-hmm. For, for 95, this was quite an old school game.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: because well, and Maybe I, a bit too much old school.
4: Based on the game that, that came out in the same year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the game that came out in the same year that we're referring to Pro Pinball the Web.
3: Wow. <laughs> that one is amazing.
4: That game, it, it kind of just takes all these things that, that people are making, all these 2D games and says, get lost. What's this? This isn't pinball. <laughs> and it just, it, it's this hardcore simulation. That's It's another single screen game, but it's tilted so you can see everything. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't common. No. Uh, There were a couple of games that did that in the early days, but then they kind of got away from that when scrollers started to become a thing. Pro Pinball brought it back. So it had this pre-rendered playfield with pre-rendered everything, basically. There was no, uh, no scrolling at all, and it was all beautifully, smoothly animated. Looks a bit dated nowadays, but back in the day it would have been... Pretty impressive, I would have said.
1: I think it still looks impressive. It looks pretty good even now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I'm not much into pinball games, but I think this looks really, really good. Yeah.
3: Yeah, this is next generation stuff. This is, <laughs> yeah. Not really. I mean, this, this is like a whole new... It's like what Pinball Dreams originally did. Yeah. It's like doing that all over again. It's just blowing the competition out of the water and setting a new bar.
4: It is. Um, just looking at the back of the box here, uh, it runs up to ten twenty-four by seven six-eight, which was quite high back in ninety-five as well, wasn't it? That's amazing. Yeah,
2: when it's only doing a single screen and
4: it doesn't have to scroll or anything, yeah, it can yeah. get away with the higher resolution. Mm. It can, yeah. But you've got to keep in mind as well that it was a very detailed thing with thirty-two thousand colours on screen at once. It says, although I'm guessing that's that's only at lower res. At least I only got it to work
1: at lower res. Yeah, mm. um, but does it does it support standard VGA like three hundred and twenty by two hundred? Probably no. It. No, it no, doesn't. No, no.
3: This is SVGA only. Kind of risky for
1: DOS game. I mean, it was ninety seven, so ninety five.
2: Well, from ninety five onwards, most people would have had some kind of SVGA. So
4: yeah. And just for the record, it requires a 4860 x two sixty six as well.
2: Oh boy. Yeah, so pretty much everybody with one of those has probably got some flavor of SVGA. Yeah, definitely.
4: Actually, no, i tell a lie. The DOS version, which is also listed on my copy, despite it not being in the box, it just requires a 486. Oh, really? Um, and four megabytes of RAM. Hmm. huh. I don't know how well it runs,
1: to be honest, no. with such a machine. Moby Games says it needs a Pentium for, for DOS.
4: Well, the box says 486, so...
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Who lying? Trust? An
4: informative <laughs> website or a, market, a piece of marketing? Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, there, there um, is
4: a lot of marketing on the back of this box, to be fair. What's kind of confusing
3: is that Moby Games says the game was released in 95, but Wikipedia says it was released in 96.
2: I would trust Moby Games over Wikipedia in this case. <laughs>
4: yeah. Ah, the box says 96. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was
3: 95 as well, to be honest. I think it was maybe late 95 or... Although it depends on where it came out first. Yeah. yeah it, it, I've seen a lot point. of German copies here. Yeah. I think it was released in Europe before it was released in, in America. And that might be the
4: that might be the crux there. Oh. It might. Well, it's British developed, so you would
1: hope there aren't any reviews that are older than ninety seven that's interesting
2: okay okay i'm looking at the um i'm looking at the release data right now. The german release was first in ninety five right the u s release mm. was in october twenty fourth
1: nineteen ninety six wow and still there there were no reviews at that time crazy oh wait i'm i'm maybe on is that a different game maybe on a different game. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
4: well while, while while florian's scribbling about with the reviews um Something else I should mention, it has CD audio, which again is new for pinball, Mm. uh, it seems. Because it was all uh, tracker music before this. I I think that's interesting
3: to mention because that's really a, a demo scene kind of thing, isn't it?
4: Yeah.
2: Actually, the thing with the music is an interesting thing when it comes to DOS pinball games because a lot of the a lot of pinball machines that incorporated music, like real pinball machines, would have different music tracks depending on what's going on in the game. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the pinball game, like the digital pinball stuff for DOS, almost none of it had different music for different game modes. Yeah, you all of it had too, just yeah. one music yeah. track overlaid over everything. The entire gameplay.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Whereas it's this whereas pro pinball is, um, well, it's, it's a lot more like a real pinball table. And that was the whole point of it was yeah. to be this ultra hardcore simulation with all the features of a table of 95. Mm. I was going to mention something else, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was it the fact that it's pre-rendered graphics? So it, yeah. it is yeah. 3D, but it's not using your um, super cool voodoo card for any of this which didn't mm. exist yet. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. That's one reason why I didn't use. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so I, I have to I have to correct myself. I somehow ended up on the reviews and specs for Pro Pinball Time Shock, which is the uh, next game in the series. Right. Oh, but, um, yeah. but that's
3: that's still in the same vein, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. But that's that's well uh, so the web actually oh, even Moby Games says it just needs a 486. So. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: So something else we should mention about the pro pinball games is that they're one table each, and that again, unusual for this era, because every game we've looked at in the nineties has been at least four tables. Yeah. So Pro Pinball came along with just one. And when I read the reviews ages and ages ago, people were saying, There's only one table in here. What what's what's going on there? Mm-hmm. This seems like a terrible value proposition. Fair enough, really. I can understand it. They were kind of banking on the whole
2: fact that they would put so much effort into making this look and feel like a real pinball machine yeah. that you only needed one. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that it would somehow suffice to for all your pinball desires. But well, even even playing the real stuff, you want to have a variety. So it there's a big gamble
3: just having one table.
4: It is, yeah. It's interesting. On Wikipedia, it says it got
3: mixed reviews. I think that's in part due to the fact it's only a single table. Probably. Yeah. So it yeah, Electronic Gaming Monthly says it's a great board, but it will get old real quick. Yeah. Mm. So that's basically just saying, well, it's it's one table and it's fun, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> Can you, can you spend a hundred hours playing the same table? Probably not. So even when I owned a real pinball machine, I'd never played it for more than a half hour at a
2: time.
4: Right, and it's fair enough. Even in the arcade, you you get like a row of them, so you'd you'd always have some variety there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you say, it's a massive gamble. Mm. But
3: then they 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 solved it sort of by just <laughs> releasing more of them. They did. <laughs> yeah, but now you're paid for all. Yeah, of them. you are. You're paid. That was <laughs> <laughs>
2: right.
4: Speaking of the next one. It is, in fact, Pro Pinball Time Shock, which I would say is probably the best received and best remembered of the lot. It's the one I heard um, of first. Again, it's... Mm. Yeah, and, well, me too. And uh, it's the one that, once again, everybody talks about when you when you bring up Virtual Pinball, they all, they all say Time Shock. Yeah. Uh, and it was. It was kind of the point at which they sort of came onto their own, mm. for, for want of a better term. Yeah. And even the box is like that, because... There's a big label on the back of the box that says in no uncertain terms that scrolling sucks. <laughs> They're not And that wait for it, it gets better. 2D is dead. Oh. <laughs> wow. Despite the fact that this game is technically 2D, so yeah. Yeah. Although to be fair, this this lo-
2: I'm looking at the screenshots now. This Time Shock looks like a real pinball table. It like, really does. They put they put a lot of detail into this to get it looking just right. Mm.
4: Can I just say, if you look at the screenshots of the remake that they did in 2014, your mind will be blown. That is a looker. Huh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the the back of the box is just gold. Um, it's the end of the pinball game you no know one got bored with years ago. <laughs> Scrolling sucks and two D is dead. They say that twice. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's also some bunk about. It's pushing your PC's capabilities to the limit. Uh, it actually runs at sixteen hundred by twelve hundred, which is pretty impressive. For that's insane. That's yeah, absolutely insane. That would have been the upper limit. Yeah, exactly.
3: Is this is this suitable for a um, DOS gaming podcast? Though, I mean, this is is this a, is this even a
4: DOS game? It is. It came out on DOS. What? Um, and in fact, I'm just trying to look on the box because there's not. There are not specific DOS system requirements. All it says is that the Windows 95 version requires more memory hmm. than the DOS version at each detail level. Okay. Um, and It, it does, wants it does a mention 60. DOS uh, then on the box. It does mention DOS, yeah. So okay. the DOS version does exist, and I played it. Right. It's virtually the same as the Windows version. Because this came out in
3: 97, I think. Yeah, yeah, it Which did. is more or less the end of the DOS era.
4: Yeah. Um, so it, the beginning of the end, anyway. Yeah, yeah.
3: and um, well, it, uh, it it I I think it's mostly remembered as a Windows and a PlayStation game. This one,
4: yeah, yeah. But well,
3: I think it's the
2: PlayStation one that gets remembered the most because mm. it's the one that the okay. one that they had the most copies
4: of. I think. I suppose it would have been the most accessible as well. That too. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't run in sixteen hundred or twelve hundred though. Mm, no, no, 240 <laughs> p or nothing. Actually, it might have been. 480i, could have been.
2: Yeah, because the PlayStation does have a 480i mode. Yeah, so, so it
4: could well have been. Huh. Something else I'd like to mention, going back to Esco's voice message, he mentioned that he got it in an orange jewel case. My copy doesn't have an orange jewel case. It has a green one. Hmm. So um, it's, that's an interesting one. Hmm. But not only did they have an unusual jewel case, they had two of them. So may,
1: maybe they just bought their jewel cases yeah. in the supermarket, like in those yeah, second
4: hand, <laughs> just whatever, whatever they had lying well, around. It, it, is, it is a British game, so it wouldn't surprise me if they were going <sighs> cheap at Smith's or something. <laughs> um, so shall we talk about the actual game? Because we've talked about the packaging an awful lot. Yeah. Flipping great. Mm. Time time shock cause it is just like playing a real pinball table, I would have said, much like the web. Mm. It's got the graphics, it's got the gameplay. I mean, it's got the progression that I was talking about mm. that was sort of coming in in real pinball tables with the likes of Medieval Madness. It has that, and and it's all on your PC. Something else that it has, and that the web had, and that I didn't mention before, it's got speech. Nice. And that's something that we haven't had in the previous games, really. Which is kind of surprising, too, because
2: a lot of pinball games from the 90s have speech in them.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, even the late 80s, the likes of uh, The Getaway, I think, had speech. And the first one was in the 79, in fact. The first yeah. pinball game with speech, yeah, that was Gorgar, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, Gorgar,
4: Gorgar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, In the mid nineties, you could have relied on people having like a PCM capable sound card.
4: Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah,
1: so it's interesting that they didn't do that until until
4: Pro Pinball came along, and then they all were doing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you Um, know, it just occurred to me that I think a part of it might have been the whole shareware thing. Ah, Because with shareware distribution, you were trying to get these games to fit on just the point four four meg floppy disk. So if you're throwing a whole bunch of sound
3: samples in there that are voice. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Mm. Yeah, that's also the reason why they were using the mod music.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Mm -hmm.
3: such a small file size.
4: And games at the time had separate speech packs as well, didn't they? (laughs) Funnily enough, Esco just sent me a, uh, a speech pack for Wing Commander Privateer. So. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So again it's it's kind of unusual to see speech included then I suppose. Yeah. Although we're in the CD-ROM era now so maybe not. Well, that's that's really the game changer. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's really on floppy disk it's not it's not very feasible to have uh digitized voice yeah, yeah, samples yeah. like that, but CD-ROM has loads of space, so.
4: So they were taking they were really taking advantage of this of this medium, weren't they? Mm. They were they were going all in with the CD-ROM. And it, and it really worked for them.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, um, it, it, you say it worked for them, but I'm looking at the PlayStation reviews of this, and they're absolutely terrible.
2: Really? Well, I can think of a couple reasons, Off, to, just looking at it right now, I can think of a couple reasons why it might be ranked lower on the PlayStation. The first I can think of is that you take a look at all the little indicators and lights on the play field at high resolution at like 1600 by 1200 or more likely like 1024 by 768. You'd be able to make all that out on a 240p television screen. Yeah. You ain't making out any of those.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing as well, because it's meant to be like a real pinball table. It's got all this tiny little writing yeah. that you would be able to read on a real table. So they were like, well, let's let's do that. Yeah. But yeah
2: so that's the first- that's the first thing that comes to mind. The second thing that comes to mind actually is that it's kind of dark yeah. mm-hmm. and television screens are generally darker than yeah. typical computer monitors and i was i, I was even looking up with the the h d one that you've mentioned and it looks even darker <laughs> like they just because you of,
4: can change the lighting on that though
2: you would have to because the <laughs> screenshots I'm looking up that they just turned the lighting
4: like way down
3: it's like <laughs> no light spinball
4: <laughs> why' do you do that? <laughs> Um, I'm looking at the DOS reviews now, and it's got 80s and 90s. Yeah, mm-hmm. the DOS version well, the was DOS reviewed Windows, a lot yeah.
3: better. It's just the yeah. PlayStation one that didn't get very good marks. Mm. In fact, the, the the DOS release was was praised so highly that in 1988, um, BC Gamer made a list of uh, the best computer games ever, and uh, Pro Pinball Time Shock came in at 49. Incredible! Out of all games, I mean. Yeah, actually, yeah. In 98, there were some. Notable titles out by then. So this was competing against, you know, Half-Life and Quake and stuff.
4: Yeah, so. yeah. Impressive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm also noticing that all, most of these reviews are from, like, Europe. So there's none in English particularly. Hmm. Which is interesting. So it didn't even get reviewed in its own home country. <laughs> 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 well, there are
3: definitely some some English reviews. I mean, yeah, there has yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah,
4: there, there must have been.
3: Yeah. Um, Computer Games Magazine is apparently a UK games magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it has a review on it and it says... It actually uh, gave them an award. Um, The best traditional game of 97.
4: Traditional? So,
3: I don't know what traditional (laughs) game... I don't know what kind of category that is. Maybe it's the only winner ever. I literally don't know what they mean. Maybe they mean... Coming from non-video game roots or something? Possibly. Like the whole pin? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they mean. But they did give a, an award. So yeah. That's something.
1: There's a 100-point review from... What, what Was that what you just mentioned? Computer Gaming World? No, you, you mentioned a different one, right?
3: No, Computer Game Strategy.
1: Ah.
4: There is also a 100% review from PC Player in Germany. Ah. So it, it did pretty well for itself.
3: Yeah, I think the PC version people really understood what they were trying to do with this is like simulating an actual table while the, the PlayStation crowd was I don't know, not really getting Casuals. it or maybe not yeah. <laughs> it's just not really working on a on a non HD television.
4: I suppose as well, the PC sort of market was kind of aimed more at the hardcore level because you had the likes of flight simulators and stuff like that. Hmm. So Yeah a pinball simulation wouldn't be out of place there. Yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. And that's what this is. This is
3: a simulation. Definitely. Um, They made more games uh, after Time Shock, didn't they? They
4: did. I mean, they just kept on going. They did. There were two other games in the series, and only one came out on DOS. uh, And it was in 1998. It was called Big Race USA, which took a dramatic turn in sort of style and tone and plot. To the previous games because Plot? the first two were kind of cyberpunk thriller type games mm. third one's a cartoon right about taxis having a race across the usa <laughs> just because it's it still looks really good though yeah yeah it, they, they definitely improve the graphics each time and this one this one's got more sort of little toys on the play field that actually look like they could be real metal toys which is interesting Again, it's just another example of a, of a really well-designed and very good pinball table. I don't think it did as well as Time Shock. Maybe it was because of the theme, or maybe it was because of the um, mm. the reliance on loops. I mean, there's no bumpers on this table, which is pretty unusual for a pinball game, and especially for a mm. pinball video game. And Most of them did have bumpers, and this one notably doesn't, which I find interesting. Mm. But yeah, it's another great pro pinball game. And yeah. It came out on DOS in 1998. <laughs> amazing. What's that all about?
3: Do you also have a box copy of this one? I do, yeah. Um. And does it also mention DOS? I wonder on the on the box.
4: I'm just having a look now. Yes, it does. Wow. DOS version requires a Vesa 2 compliant graphics card.
3: That's amazing because 98. I mean, Chris just said 97 was the beginning of the end for DOS. Yeah. I think 98 is the end of the end.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet. Big Race USA was... And yet here it is, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, they probably just had the engine lying around, right? And just keep using it. Yeah, I
4: suppose so. Yeah, and it'd be just a case of fiddling with the collisions a bit and updating the physics. Hmm. That'd be it, I suppose. Something that I forgot to mention about the Pro Pinball games, and again, something that is new to these because they're such hardcore simulations, customizable factory settings. Well... You you know what I mean? Like the uh, operator settings. On real pinball tables, you had this to change things like how much certain things were worth in terms of score, how many credits it would take to play the game, the tilt of the table. You can do all that in in pro pinball, Hmm. which is fascinating. And there was only one other game that I played in my video series that actually included that, which was Pinball FX2. So that's interesting. Uh, And there's one of the selling points on the back of the box here you can have up to 10 balls in play at once. Oh, that is good, though. <laughs> yeah. I that's one of
3: that's, that's one of two metrics, like objective ways to rate pinball games. <laughs> like, How many one balls? One is the number of flippers, and the other is the number of balls at once.
4: Well, that's, it's got four flippers, 10 balls.
3: That's actually really good. That's, I don't
4: yeah.
2: think you could fit 10 balls into a pin, real pinball machine's trough. <laughs> no,
4: it does take <laughs> liberties, I think. Uh, especially with the next game in the series. But that didn't come out in DOS, so we're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah. Oh, and uh, earlier did not
2: exist. Earlier you were mentioning the um the lack of bumpers on the table. Yeah. Another real pinball machine from that era that is lacking bumpers of, of any kind is No Fear.
4: I've never heard of it. Oh, No Fear, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, No Fear. Um. I also know no fear. and <laughs> uh, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if um, they looked at that and thought, hmm, we can do that. Yeah, maybe, but these, these tables
2: don't look any, this table doesn't look anything like no fear.
4: No, but I do recall reading somewhere, and I don't have a, a source for this, so I'm probably totally wrong. But I seem to recall reading somewhere that the tables were based on real tables and just sort of repurposed. It wouldn't surprise me. At least the table design, yeah. Mm.
2: That actually happens with real pinball machines. So
4: it does. Yeah, it happened a lot more in the seventies, didn't it? Um, um yeah, mostly. Mostly from from memory, there was a game called Hot Shot by Gottlieb that was re-released like three or four times under different names, mm-hmm. each with slightly different features. I think the the more
2: contemporary example is actually um oh what the, it was um Shrek and Family Guy. Oh. The Shrek pinball machine and the Family Guy pinball machine are the exact same playfield <laughs> oh, layout. So funny. some people will actually just take the ROM from one of them and put it in their machine for the other, and it works fine. All mm.
4: oh, right, like a conversion <laughs> like, kit. Like,
2: your playfield still looks like the 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 game you bought,
4: but mm, the Shrek one. But <laughs> I mean, who's going to put that much effort into a Shrek pinball table? Let's face it,
2: <laughs> it's actually not bad. <laughs> I'll take your word on that in fact most real pinball machines that that's that's one of the that's one of the things that's so weird when when you're talking about real pinball and people bring up machines that they hate or something or games that they don't like and, and it's funny when you actually go to play those games and you realize oh this isn't actually that bad yeah. it's like the bar is set so <laughs> high with real yeah. pinball that even the bad
4: games are fun <laughs> I just want to mention something else on the back of the box that I've just spotted. It says here, Dot Matrix Mini Game. So that will be your video mode, featuring artificial intelligence. Another pinball first. Is that true? Uh, I maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, are we just going to take the word for it? I guess so.
2: Yeah. Um, Like that's nothing to be proud of because artificial intelligence has been in gaming
3: for how long up to this (laughs) point? Like the entire point
4: of games, it's it's a computer game. So having (laughs) AI isn't isn't particularly impressive, is it? No, and it's not really AI. It's just a car that chases you around. What's that? (laughs) You know, Uh, even if it's
1: just two lines of code, it's still AI. True, exactly. Fair enough. As as someone someone said, uh, to make uh, the best way to make AI not look stupid, uh, not not look what. Uh, what are you going to say <laughs> yes, I'm trying to find out what i'm going to say <laughs> well, so, give a the, the, the 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 trick to make a i feel good is to make it not look stupid right mm-hmm. so, mm. oh, I think that was um that i read that somewhere that that the um a i developer for Battle Isles said that i think mm. another game we will certainly play one day so <laughs>
2: My approach to making AI and my own stuff has always been watch what it does and when it does something stupid you exactly go same. in tell it program it <laughs> yeah. to not do that you keep watching it, you just keep doing that over and over <laughs> until it stops being stupid. Yeah.
1: That uh, feels uh, realistic usually. <laughs> it's, yeah. Cheering test solved right there. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more DOS Pinball games? Um, A couple. There
4: is one more that's that's on our list. Well yeah there's a couple more that are on our list. Um. <laughs> First one is Pinball Builder, which is another Pinball Builder, in case you didn't work that out from the title.
2: This is kind of a weird one, because this came out from 21st Century Entertainment in 96, and it's one that I own Mm -hmm. and mentioned to everyone before we did this. It's weird because it's a Windows game by by default. You need Windows to run the, the main building portion of this so that you can make your own pinball tables. But it comes with a DOS executable, for playing any of the tables you make in this. Hmm. So so yeah. So even though you need windows to make
3: tables, you only need DOS to play right. them. So it's, oh, it's yeah, you can make tables. You can basically make DOS pinball games. That's really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you need Windows to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, if we had known that like two episodes ago when we did our modern DOS culture episode, that would have been interesting to...
3: We could have entered a, a, a DOS game in <laughs> using this. Oh, that's, we, let's keep that idea in the yes. back.
1: Uh, you you edited out of the podcast so that nobody knows what we're up to. <laughs>
4: <laughs> our cunning plan. Uh, yes. I just want to say that 21st Century also published a game called Slam Tilt in ninety-six, but that was Windows only, I recall. And Amiga. Mm. Uh don't think that came out for DOS. But that was a really good game.
2: Mm. But yeah, the, the the one thing that's interesting though with Pinball Builder is that it unlike a, the previous pinball construction things we were talking about earlier, um, macadam bumper and pinball construction set, pinball builder doesn't let you actually modify the layout of the table. Okay. What? So it gives you a bunch of pre-made layouts. And then what you're expected to do is to add the lights and the bumpers and sort of all the little things to it. You're, mm-hmm. you're populating... You're populating a framework of a table, however you want. So there's only really so much you can do. It's like you have this little section that's meant for drop targets. It's like, we're not going to put the drop targets there. You get
3: to put the drop targets there. It's like, well, what else are you going to put there other than (laughs) drop targets? (laughs) (laughs) But it's probably less tedious than the old ones, though, because of this. I will say
2: that you can do a lot more with it than Mm -hmm. in terms of logic. And plus, you can also import your own graphics, So you can have you can make these tables look however you want, really. But it is still limited in what
3: you can do. Still sounds pretty cool. Mm. I like this whole idea of of distributing your own tables. I mean, that's yeah, that really appeals to me.
4: Does it Does it have any more flexibility in terms of what you can do with the logic, or is it basically the same as what we've had before?
2: it has a it has a bit more um flexibility. You can't do anything complicated, mm. but each one of the tables has like special features to them that you can tie into with the logic. So it it has at least that going for it, hmm. but it is it is it, there is ultimately a limit. It's it's not like super complicated. You can't like put in like your own modes or anything like
1: that. Mm. So
0: mm. yeah.
1: Still cool. Interesting. The the um, box art for most of Europe just says "Pinball Construction Kit" yeah. on it.
4: Oh, um, this is where I got a bit confused when I was doing my research. That is confusing. There is "Pinball Construction Set" and "Pinball Construction Kit." Yeah, they are different games. Yeah, and and thirteen
3: years between them.
4: Yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Huh? Yeah. Um, so I think that brings us on to...
3: Yeah, we saved the best for last. Yeah, we the saved best for the best. Last. Yeah, the last. mention of the show, and I put that in massive quotes.
4: <laughs> Star Trek pinball, everybody. Oh my! Well, <sighs> so this was a 1998 pinball game, Fodos.
1: Wait, before before you continue, let me let me just read what uh, I guess you wrote into the document because uh, I I like the the. The, the thing turned out. So um, I'm quoting whatever someone of you wrote here. Terrible physics, terrible gameplay, terrible <laughs> controls. Why? Question mark. <laughs> question mark. Question mark. Can you elaborate on that, please? It's got terrible physics.
4: Like <laughs> the physics are sub Apple II, and I'm not even kidding with that.
2: It's actually more. It's actually more accurate to say that the physics are incomplete.
4: Incomplete. Yeah. Well. Just to give you an
2: example cuz I covered this game on my sh- on my own show. There's a nudge mechanic like most pinball games have so you can nudge the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't take into it doesn't take the ball's collision with other objects into account. Like mm. when you nudge a real pinball machine, the ball actually has to be up against something physical to to be nudged off. Yeah. of. Right, So this game doesn't check for that. Instead, it just adds acceleration to the ball when you nudge. <laughs> and on top of that, it, you have to be nudgy like 10 times a second or faster to be able to even generate a tilt. So you could just hit the space bar repeatedly, like really fast, and the ball will just start floating up the playing field.
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have any better stories than that, to be honest. I just found that the physics were totally totally inconsistent and like not even not even predictable i've got no words it's so bad and that's not even getting onto the fact that the star trek is basically non-existent
2: it, it's it it's weird like one of the weird things that you that you find first of all uh, apart from the fact that the the music they included has popping and skipping in it <laughs> somehow but the one of the main Star Trek table on it, like there's two, there's three tables. Mm-hmm. One of them is like this head-to-head table that nobody plays because it's not fun. then there's one that's sort of centered around the enterprise and one that's sort of centered around Klingons. Mm-hmm. Now the one that's centered around the enterprise, the play field, first of all, is just Kirk surrounded by a bunch of women. Yeah. Which <laughs> is already kind of weird. <laughs> But expected, but at the same time, when you when you actually finish playing it, you hear this sound clip, and it sounds very out of place. But at the same time, it sounds like it came from a completely different pinball game, (laughs) like an actual pinball game.
4: Okay, I don't think I heard that when I played it.
2: But yeah, so it's it's like it's like it almost feels it. Star Trek pinball feels like it's unfinished. It feels like they rushed it out the door. Just to try and make some cash because they had the license and
1: they ne- wanted to capitalize on it. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess since it came out in '98, it was a dust game. I think they had to hurry, not too rushed. The
4: <laughs> thing is, this was an Interplay title, so it's yeah. That's uh, that's the weirdest part. Like, surely Interplay, will look at take one look at this and think, flipping it, guys. What, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Yeah. well if you have the game and you have the license uh, that basically means you get some sales anyway right well, I, I guess yeah. that's, that's what counts in the end um, I see yeah.
4: yeah just the, it it boggles the mind I feel like we should talk about the head-to-head table a little bit because it was pretty unique there's almost nothing to say about it <laughs> there's nothing to say about it it's it's it's
2: it well yeah there's nothing to say Okay, I I do have one thing I can say about it. I do have one thing I can say about it. If you like hearing the same voice clip over over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, that's the
4: table for you. Right. I can't even tell what they're saying. I've heard it. Like dozens of
1: times, I still don't know what they say. Can you play the game? The game itself a bit more. Is it with two people on the same computer?
4: It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: it's it's two tables
4: next to each other, basically with the same targets. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's it's like when you take a look at it in a screenshot, you'll see that it's like two sets of flippers and almost like two mm. miniature playfields
4: side by side to each other, and a giant plastic Mackay in the middle.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Stood there.
2: Actually, I think I think that's supposed to be Spock. It's,
1: what? The two halves look like they're connected, right? So, yeah. can do do players share the ball, or what's going on there? No,
4: no. The I don't. I didn't really get the rules. Sometimes the ball would go over to the other side.
2: Huh. Well, there's a, there's a there the very middle of the playfield. You'll see that there's a there's a right ramp on the left side and a left ramp on the right side that curves over to the other side. So that's how you transfer the ball between playfields.
4: Also, sometimes the ball changes size and turns gold.
2: <laughs> yeah, because the <laughs> physics are just bad. <laughs>
1: The physics are non-existent. Also, I must say, for, for 98, this game looks horrible, right? Compared, compared to yes. Pro Pinball, this is yeah, yeah. It's yeah, running
2: that's... in 256 colors, first of all, so that doesn't help things.
1: Yeah,
4: it runs at a max resolution of 800 by 600 as well. But this wasn't the only table that these people made, because I came across a game called Judge Dread Pinball, which was just as bad. Hmm. But the weird thing is, there was a real Star Trek The Next Generation pinball game that was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So why didn't
2: just? It's considered one of the best
4: ones ever. Exactly. So, I'd, surely it would make sense to, to. remake that? Uh. It's well. Here, I mean, I know it's another license. Yeah, you'd it? have or, to get.
2: That's the other thing too. You'd have to get that license from Williams, and yeah. as we've seen, as we've seen with Williams pulling their license yeah. from Pinball Arcade, I don't think that would have been thing. too
4: forthcoming. Yeah. Um. But Judge Dredd also had a, had a pinball table. It's just funny to yep. see that there's these video pinball games that are based on a license, but they're not the same as the real games that are much better. Yeah. It's a strange one. And there's actually, there's actually
2: an original series Star Trek pinball table too. There is, um, yeah. But that one was way back in the 70s, I think. So mm. it was it was an EM table, not a solid state one, I think.
4: It still would have been better than
2: yeah, <laughs> tripe. Makata bumper is better than
3: this tripe thing. <laughs> So um, maybe maybe this is a good bridge to talk about actual pinball.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Give me one more second. Um, the Star Trek pinball game we just talked about, it doesn't only have bad reviews. It actually has pretty good reviews. Some of what? what? Like, Nuke Computer Gaming gave it 90 points out of 100. Nuke
4: Computer Gaming? need to play some flipping yeah. video games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a bot review if I ever heard one.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Star Trek Pinball possesses many of the addictive qualities of games like Tetris. Uh, what? Uh, comparing <laughs> this, this is to as good as Tetris
4: is... is their review of. Oh my god, that is rich. <laughs> <laughs> they they, been, they were in interplay's pocket.
1: Yeah, <laughs> had to be. Okay, so
4: <laughs> so actual pinball. Yeah,
1: actual. Um, pinball. So how much actual pinball has everybody played? Well, I, I think I've played like I don't know half an hour over my lifetime. Yeah, probably <laughs> so. Because I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at them and I never understood the progression in any of the tables that I played. <laughs> and usually, there are people around who are just waiting to <laughs> get high scores. And you're like, oh, yes, look, I've, I've got 3,000 points. So, not, not much.
2: <laughs> I'm actually in a pinball league. Wow. So Ooh, I've you. probably played more than everybody here combined.
4: <laughs> likely. Yes, highly likely.
2: I've played bits at Arcade Club. Although it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that because I actually, um, I didn't look into getting back into real pinball until I think it was 2014 when I started looking into it again after I did, I did a video on Epic Pinball. So I was like, I wonder if there's any way to play real pinball again. And so I just started looking around. I'm like, oh, there's actually a league in the city that I live in. Cool.
4: Hmm. <laughs> Must be nice.
2: There's <laughs> leagues all over the place. So it's always a good idea to check to see if there's actually a league in your neck of the woods.
1: Hmm. Yeah, but then I have to travel. How do pinball leagues actually work? I mean, is it just like, like what's, what's the mechanics, the metagame? What is it like?
2: Um, well, usually what ends up happening is that, the, with our league anyways, is everybody who's in the league pays a fee to be in the league for a season. And it's, not, it's, a, it's a modest fee. I think it was um, $10 for the current season. And then you also pay a fee every time you actually participate in a league night. And a league night is basically when we go to a collector's place who has all the machines set up and we just play pinball. But the thing is, is that we, when we start playing there, we usually have like an hour of what we call like um, free time when we first start there. And then we get into the actual competitive gameplay where we're playing a certain series of machines with other players that have been randomly picked. And we record those scores to determine like, what everybody's ranking is. And it ultimately turns out like you would think of a league being. It's just not without all the money that sports has, right? <laughs> right. And there's a, there's, a web, there's a website you can actually go to, um, the IFPA website, the International Flipper Pinball Association, and they keep track of world rankings and rankings for everything. And anybody who's in a league, Will be registered in this system because the leagues generally will register people in this stuff, so it's actually been a while since i checked my world ranking, but I think it's like in the somewhere in the ten thousands
4: <laughs> i mean considering how many people how many millions of people there must be playing pinball and being in leagues that's that's pretty impressive
2: yeah it's actually it's not millions it 's definitely not millions mm. um i'd I'd say it's probably I think I think the last time I checked, it was something like fifty thousand, fifty thousand ish people. Hmm. Really, maybe, that was maybe very low, maybe twenty five thousand ish that were registered as league players. Right? right
1: yeah. I, I guess I mean everybody knows pinball, and everybody or many people like to play pinballs every now and then when they're in an amusement park or in an arcade or something. But I didn't ever hear. here I've never actually heard about like pinball leagues. So well, that's the thing about
4: pinball. Oh yeah,
2: there's been like. There's been tournaments going on for
4: yeah.
2: for quite a while now. I think um, the the world championship that's hosted at at Papa, the professional associate, or actually forget what it stands for right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they hold they host the world championships. I think they're up to like their twentieth twenty something mm. now.
1: So yeah. yeah but what 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 I meant is that the general public doesn't really know about it. You need to be really into pinball games to actually know that such leagues exist, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Um That's the thing about pinball though is that it's it's just so accessible that you don't you don't really think about it just because it's it's a thing with two buttons. You know, it's everybody knows about it because it's so accessible, I think.
2: Okay, so it's seventy eight thousand eight hundred and seventy players currently in the IFPA database. Right. And I am currently ranked six thousand six hundred and eighty ninth in the world. Yeah, oh, <laughs> wow.
1: wow. That's incredible. That's top ten percent. Something like that. <laughs>
3: Nice so so I guess you are the authority then to, ask, <laughs> to answer the question how, how is video pinball similar to actual pinball? Almost not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, well he, one thing
2: I can say one thing I can say is that now that I've played quite a lot of both, it's almost like two completely different games to me mm. because the physics are very different between real pinball and digital pinball. And the interesting thing with digital pinball is that even though the physics are different, some you can still get a feel for how the physics are supposed to work. Yeah, you get used to it, and don't you? For like different kinds of tricks you can do with those physics. But it's like a totally different thing when you have
3: real pinball in your mind as well. So it's like two completely different things. Right. And is it mostly due to the physics or because I can imagine the um, just the way you look at it is also massively gi- different. Just like the, what do you call this? The few screen, the... Sc- yeah, I guess
4: view, the camera I don't know. angle.
3: Yeah, just the way you look at it is so massively different. Mm-hmm. Well, that's,
2: that is a big thing, is that you can actually see the whole play field and it's right there in front of you. So you can read everything so easily. Whereas on a computer screen you're going to be limited in some way. Mm. Although one of the ways that can be got, gotten around that is there's, there's actually people who build what's referred to as virtual pinball cabinets. Mm. So it's a pinball machine shape, but instead of a play field, it's actually got an HD screen in there oh. that acts as the play field. Wow, that's some kind of crossover.
4: Yeah, huh. they're, they're genius then. I'd love to have one of them.
2: Yeah, cuz um the mo- modern there's modern programs out there that are good for actually developing your own pinball tables. And the I think the the big one is um
4: Visual Pinball. Visual Pinball is the big one, yeah.
2: Yeah. Cuz e- you can basically just do just about anything with it. Yeah. And you can even tie it in with game ROMs. So you could actually so people have recreated like the real pinball machines using the software prior to pinball arcade doing it proper with licenses and everything. So you can have this stuff render as if the screen was right over top of the playfield and thus give yourself that virtual pinball sort of feel on a virtual on a on actual cabinet that just has a screen instead of a playfield. Awesome. Yeah. But I think one of the, I think the biggest difference though, the biggest difference for me going from digital to real is nudging. Hmm.
4: Definitely. Yeah.
2: That's one of those things like like going back to like Epic Pinball for DOS, the nudging mechanic in Epic Pinball is you can nudge straight up. Mm. That's it.
4: Yeah, that's the same with Pinball Dreams as well. I think. Yeah,
2: you you have multiple buttons for that you would think would be like sideways nudges or something, but no, they just <laughs> nudge straight up. <laughs> it's but and even then, it's like a it's like the same force of nudge, mm. right? Whereas on a real pinball machine, you can nudge any direction you want, and you have full control over how much force you're applying to the machine. We're talking about machines that are 250 pounds, right? (laughs) You can't push these very easily. So you have so much fine control over how you make that ball react when it hits things on the play field. And tilting is just a whole other thing as a result of that. Because instead of it being based on how many times you're nudging, it's based on how much you're nudging. Yeah. Right.
4: But some some games take it both ways, don't they? I mean, there's certain later tables that early tables had the thing where they didn't want you to nudge at all. Like the tables in the 70s and early 80s, they didn't want you nudging at all and you could sort of get around it. Yeah. And then later ones incorporated it within the gameplay and said, right, you've nudged once and you've hit the tilt. Don't do it again or you're getting an actual tilt.
2: Yeah. So the originally tilting was just a method to, because there used to be a gambling aspect with the really early pinball stuff. Yeah. So... One of the ways they got around people cheating was to have a tilt sensor. So if you tilted the game too much, the game would literally just shut off. Mm -hmm. And so the way it's usually referred to nowadays when you have a game like that where it resets everything is it's called tilt ends game. Right. If there's a single tilt, it doesn't matter how many people are playing. It doesn't matter what ball it is. Game's over. And that's that's actually still incorporated into modern pinball games as a slam tilt. A slam tilt is when, because there's a coin door on most of these pinball machines. And the slam tilt is designed to detect if somebody's trying to break into that coin door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so if it's a slam tilt detected, that resets the game entirely as right.
1: well.
3: You're just <laughs> robbing the, the machine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess whoever's trying to rob the machine is really concerned.
3: <laughs> the <laughs> pinball machine
2: I owned. Because I, I owned a Hollywood heat pinball machine for, for a couple of years. The coin door on it was dented inwards. Oh. And we're talking about a
4: solid metal yeah. door here. <laughs> Someone must have kicked the heck out of that Some, thing. Somebody really wanted to change the volume on that machine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, so, so eventually when people started, when the gambling aspect got removed from pinball and it started to become more a game of skill, then nudging started to make a bit more sense. So it started to be like, okay, we're not going to make it end the game. We're just going to make it end the ball. Right. And then as you go later on, you start getting to the point where, well, we don't want it to end the ball immediately. We want to give the player some leeway here, just in case they get a little rough, but not too rough. Mm. So we incorporate tilt warnings. The idea being it warns the player, hey, stop pushing the machine so hard. And then after it's...
4: Sometimes with the voice thing. Yeah.
2: same. be careful. <laughs> and after it's warned you a couple times, it's like, okay, you're not listening. And then tilts.
4: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and even further than that,
2: you have games where you have the era of the tilt warning games where the warnings just go through, like blitz through immediately if it's a really strong tilt. Yeah. Or a really strong nudge. But then you have the later titles where there's actually a debounce on the tilt sensor. So if you do push really freaking hard, it's not going to immediately tilt. It's going to wait a moment before it checks again.
4: Hmm. So you can almost game the system in, in that way. Almost. Almost, if you're really good.
2: If you, if you knock that hard enough, it's going to keep you hitting yeah. that sensor for yeah. a, a solid minute. So.
4: I think we should clarify what we mean by nudging and tilting, because I think there's a, a bit of confusion in the terms, isn't there, uh, with some people?
2: Um, there is for there is for people who play it digitally. Yeah, because sometimes it's assumed that tilting and nudging are the same thing, but really, nudging is what leads to tilting.
4: Yeah, mm. I've seen it used interchangeably before, and yeah,
2: yeah, me too. I, I used to use it interchangeably <laughs> when I was didn't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nudging is when you're pushing the machine, and tilting is when it actually t- decides to end your ball when it looks up. Yeah,
4: yeah, we've got another point here that um, crossovers. What 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 do we mean by this? I think there's two things actually. I think the one thing is what Chris just
3: mentioned with the with the the, the fully digital but also real table stuff. But uh, I was also watching your video uh, series, Tim, and mm-hmm. at one point, I think it was Atari who incorporated Pac-Man into. A pinball machine? right, yeah. And then you were like playing pinball and then in the middle of it, you were suddenly playing Pac-Man on a screen?
4: Yeah, that that was a bit of a weird era. So that was was baby Pac-Man, that table. And it started out as just a regular game of Pac-Man. But if you went off the bottom of the screen and not the side, as I said in the video, Hmm. um, (laughs) you got to play the pinball table. The problem was, it was a half a game, half a video game and half a pinball table. Yeah. And it wasn't as enjoyable as either just playing Pac-Man or just playing pinball.
1: Two very different things, like just slammed together and... Yeah, it's like,
4: that's it.
3: That's it. And it's not a sum um, of the parts; it's more than or what are, what's the saying? Yeah, it's, it's like you're playing not, a
1: first-person shooter, and then suddenly you have half an hour of text adventure <laughs>
2: right in the middle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think it's that big of a big of a jump, but because <laughs> no. because I actually I, I think there's like three people in this city who own one of these, and
4: mm-hmm.
2: I, I've played I've played a bunch of Baby Pac-Man, and I can tell you right now, even though there's a even though there's a very strong change when you switch between like the video game portion and the pinball portion or vice versa, they both still feel like complete games. They just feel like simpler games because of the fact that they're trying to tie into each other. Especially given the fact that we're talking about a stand-up machine, like a stand-up arcade machine (laughs) That has to have a
1: pinball table. Yeah, in
4: it's it. got like a bit sticking out. It's like? not a very big pinball
1: table. How do the controls work? Um, do you like use the same controls for both the game and the pinball? Or do you have to switch to a joystick? Or how does it work?
2: You have to switch. Yeah, there's a, joy- um, there's a joystick in the middle for the video portion. Yeah. and A couple buttons on the side for the flippers when it's in the pinball portion. That sounds
1: entirely wild. <laughs>
2: it is. It's, it's bizarre. It's not the only game that did that. There's actually two in that same form in in that form factor. I don't recall the name of the other one off
4: the top of my head, but are you thinking of Granny and the Gators? Yes, yeah, I think that one does use the flipper controls though, because the controls in the game are just left and right. Hmm. So that one works a little bit better. But again, it's that makes more sense. It's, it's just two things that don't really need to be together. Yeah, oh <laughs> well. And then later on, in the sort of late nineties, there was a thing called Pinball Two Thousand. Which wasn't really the same thing as such, but it was it was more of like a, a different way of displaying things. Mm-hmm. So instead of just having a normal dot matrix display, you had this big screen at the back, and it would it would display things. The example that I used in the video was Revenge from Mars, which um, certain targets are displayed on the screen. So things like UFOs and and. Cows and chickens because that's what happens in that game.
2: And the way that did it uh, was it was using a very special kind of um, playfield glass so that the screen yes. would project onto the playfield in a in a way so that you it looked like you were actually aiming at things on the playfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of a similar effect to the that that holographic game that Sega made.
4: Oh yeah, that yeah. I can't remember the oh, name oh, of that. It it's about at the like moment. time it wasn't Time Pilot, but it was, it was Time Comp. No, that was a film. Oh. Some, somewhat like that. Yeah. <laughs> time Cowboy. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of like what Space Invaders did and in games of that era. They had the CRT, but then that was reflected onto a mirror so that they could have a background to it. Mm-hmm. Similar sort of thing. Um, but if, am I right in thinking that it was only used in two tables?
2: Yep, because shortly after, because the next one was the Star Wars Episode One pinball table, oh, and then after that one, Williams was like, "You know what? We see pinball dying." Yeah, and so Williams is still around, but at that point in time, they just decided to focus on their gambling machines, and that's what they've been doing ever since. A shame.
4: Rest in peace. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, they're, they're, they're still around. It's just it's all gambling now. Yeah, but yeah, probably. it's all slot machines and stuff.
1: Boring. <laughs> so the. Could as well be dead. The dead to me. <laughs> so, do we have anything more on crossovers or actual pinball? There were a couple of
4: pinball games that were contemporary to real pinball tables that remade the tables. Um, the main example that I've got in my head is Pinbot on the NES, mm-hmm. which replicates the nineteen eighty. Is it nineteen eighty six or eighty seven? It was in the eighties sometime. Two. Or is it earlier? Yeah, yeah. It was in the mid to late eighties, and it. They, they replicate that table on the NES, and it's pretty damn similar to Pro Pinball.
2: They added a whole bunch of extra features though, because it's a video game.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it oh.
2: wasn't it, that wasn't the only one they did as well. They also did one for um high speed.
4: Oh, they did, did they? I didn't know about that.
2: Yeah, same developer. So high, it was high speed and Pinbot that got the that got that same treatment, right? Of being turned in. and the fu- the funny thing about that is that. We were talking before about how everything was two D and then went to three D on DOS. Those pinball tables on the NES are three D.
4: Yeah, I I launched that game to start with that pinball game, and I was just like, I was expecting something like the NES pinball, sort of a two D flip screen thing. I launched it and I was like, what? This doesn't exist. This isn't real.
2: But now here's here's something that those that those particular NES games do that are evil. Go on. And they can just dis- they can you can lose your ball in those games without draining.
4: That's mean.
2: Yeah. There's <laughs> things that can appear on the play field that will literally destroy the ball. Hmm. That's no. good. And then you lose a ball. Yeah, that's that's not fair. And see, one of the one of the things that existed in early pitball tables, because it was kind of the way that the games progressed, was is what's referred to as the gobble hole. It's basically a hole on the play field where if the ball goes in, that's the end of that ball. There's a reason why gobble holes don't exist anymore. Yeah. It's because nobody likes them. <laughs> unfair. Just unfair. Yeah. yeah. So when you're playing those NES remakes of those real tables and your ball suddenly gets lost through no fault of your own. Yeah, that's evil that. Because of some element on the play field that just pops up at random. It, it feels like a gobble. Ball.
4: Some of the 3D ultra pinball tables did that as well, but it was kind of clear that you were going to lose your ball if, for example, a T-Rex <laughs> ate it. That 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 would be pretty obvious that you were going to lose that ball.
2: <laughs> I'd still feel bad about it. Yeah. Well,
4: yeah. And that that didn't really come back, did it? The the remaking of pinball tables in video games. Is it a thing now? It is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, it took a while, but. Yeah, it, it basically, when when um, Farsight Studios decided they were going to do their pinball arcade stuff and start remaking real tables, mm. that was when it that was when it started to to really get into play. Because up to that point, it was everybody doing stuff in visual pinball, just making re, trying to remake these games themselves.
4: Yeah, well, it was two thousand and four that they started doing the remakes Farsight, and they started with the Pinball Hall of Fame series on the PS two, mm-hmm. and that's where it sort of stemmed from. But there was a unreleased N64 pinball game called The Adams Family, which was based on the Adams Family pinball game. They never they never got very far in its development, unfortunately. But that would have been another good example hmm. Hmm. if they had. I'm going to guess right.
2: licensing because that would have been a heck of a time to try to license.
4: Well, yeah, because you've got two things to license there. You've got the table, and then you've got the film license.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the, the likenesses of all the actors involved.
4: Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And that would have been tricky.
2: On top of that, Adam's Family is, hands down, one of the most popular real pinball machines ever made.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I can't play it at all. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I really do need to learn that game. None of this
3: is particularly DOS-related, is it? No. Uh, it was is It's kind of a bit about, yeah. I guess. But,
2: like, I mean, we're... To- you're talking about pinball. It's gonna happen, yeah. Especially
3: when you have
1: someone yeah. here who
2: actually plays the real yeah. thing on a yeah, regular basis. We need some context. We yeah. need some
1: context for the DOS games. But maybe, yeah, maybe we, we do, can yeah. wrap up the actual pinball part and get back to the games. Yeah, sure.
3: Um, I don't think there are a lot of games to talk about. No,
1: though. maybe not games, but um, game-related content. Yeah, like like usually, usually um, after discussing the games, we talk about contemporary reviews and stuff like that. So we've already talked about a few of those. Do you think there are mm-hmm. any actually that are noteworthy that we missed or I mean, I think it's obvious that some of the games that we discussed were were great and probably got great reviews and some of them got terrible reviews or some were terrible and got decent reviews anyway. So
3: Yeah, I think in general Pimble Dreams was was received quite well. Yeah. And I don't know actually. I think in general Especially in the earlier 90s, a lot of these pinball games got pretty favorable reviews because it was just cool. And then as the 90s went on, I think people were getting maybe a bit tired of it and thinking, yeah, okay, this is maybe a bit simple. And, and
4: Well, yeah, you say that, but <laughs> the pinball games did kind of permeate, didn't they? Um, there's there's never really been an era in gaming that hasn't had a pinball game.
3: Hmm.
4: There's, there's always been one around, at least one. Right. So, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think people were getting bored of it. Particularly, I think it was just evolving with the tech.
3: Yeah, yeah,
4: maybe.
2: Well, one of the, one of the things that's always going to curse pinball is the fact that it's ultimately just a just a grind for the high score. Hmm. Like you can have all the modes and progression you want, but when it comes down to it, you're just trying to get as high a score as possible, and that kind of arcade yeah. playing met- mentality doesn't kind of transfer over to the kind of games we see nowadays where it's so much more progression and completion-based, trying to just reach certain goals as opposed to trying to get a high score.
1: So I think that might be a part of it. Mm. Yeah. Though so I guess you could you could do some like like achievements and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in a pinball game, right? Just put up... Maybe. A, a list of achievements and yeah. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. So yeah, I guess... They will always have kind of a popularity because pinball machines themselves are still popular, Mm. kind of.
2: Well, they're popular now. (laughs) As I said, there was a dark ages in the mid to late 2000s.
1: Right. But I guess there were still people who were much in yeah. so
3: yeah yeah it never fully died no it seems like an enthusiast thing now yeah and i remember back in the early 90s when people were playing epic pinball it was just the general audience like anyone was playing those games mm-hmm. yeah. while the people playing pinball games now are really pinball game fans i would say
2: yeah hmm. you were mentioning before you want about reviews and stuff one of the things i do remember from looking at old game magazines and stuff you almost never saw the pinball games in them
3: no I don't think they were taken as seriously no. by game reviewers as uh, more story driven games, more action, you know, shooting stuff and and RPG stuff, yeah.
4: I suppose they weren't they weren't pushing the envelope really in terms of gameplay because yeah. pinball is a simple game. Um
1: it's just left flipper right flipper jobs are good. Were they maybe just considered casual games, something not not worthy of of being uh, talked about in a magazine? Potentially.
4: I mean, if you think about, well, like you were saying earlier about Time Shock being uh, a, a really high-rated game, but it was competing with the likes of Quake, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Fallout, yeah, even even Doom. You know, I know that was getting on a bit in '97, but it, it for a lot of people, it would still have been a better value proposition just because there is very clear progression, and it's not just, I mean you're looking at the same screen all the time and that I can see that being off-putting to a lot of people. So then games that were, like I say again, pushing the envelope in terms of the tech and in terms of the gameplay, they'll have been a lot more attractive to the average consumer.
1: Yeah, right. And as we saw, whenever they tried to be more inventive with the gameplay, then uh, those pinball games turned out terrible. So <laughs> Yeah.
2: Or in the case of some of the games that came out in the 2000s, the the digitized pinball stuff that came out then a lot of it tried to be more than pinball mm. and as a result you weren't capturing you weren't capturing the interest of people who didn't play pinball and you were losing the interest of people who did play pinball yeah. so it didn't it didn't appeal to anybody <laughs> and trying <laughs> yeah. to
4: please everybody you please nobody yeah. There have been a couple of games in recent years that have done a better job. Yeah. Not DOS games, though. So Surprisingly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but what? No recent DOS games? Yeah. No recent DOS what, games. What time is that? What <sighs> are anyway. So, um, I know you guys are actually collectors, and I saw some of your big box games, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the question is, how do you get all of those games? Are they um, available digitally? Like, like for download on GOG, Steam, something like GOG? that? And, how How expensive are those big boxes okay now?
4: well, we'll start with the Gog because there are a lot of pinball games on Gog. You can get all the pro pinball games uh, except for the web. Oh. you cannot get the web anywhere um or at least you can't buy it anywhere. No idea why because it's not like it doesn't work on modern systems. you can hmm. run it through dosbox quite easily
1: probably some some rights well,
4: I don't know because there's no there's no licensing in it it's It's just the same people who made the the other games, so I don't really.
1: Wow, that does, doesn't mean the same people all own the license for the game now. True. Very true.
4: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the web isn't available, but the other three are. Pinball, Dreams, and that series, they're all available uh, on GOG. Don't know if they're on Steam. Um, and Epic Pinball is also available on GOG. The rest of them, though, bit difficult to get hold of. You think you're looking at eBay for them. Uh... Psycho Pinball certainly isn't available anywhere, um, and the really early like eighties games, you've got no chance. Basically, yeah, they're they're, um, they're hard to
2: find even on eBay.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and Star Trek Pinball you don't want to find him.
1: <laughs> well, there are people who collect uh, not only the good games. Yeah, well, yeah. Half of the games I have in my collection, I never actually opened yeah. the box. So
2: um, just my didn't. copy of Star Trek Pinball was sealed <laughs> in box. And it still is. <laughs> and it still only costs like 20-something dollars. Oh,
4: boy. Well, going, going on to prices of the big box copies of the pro pinball games that I have, not too bad. Oh. I got the web for five quid.
1: Oh, that's cheaper than the the GOG games that we just talked about because they're all like like five fifty or something like that in, in euros. Are, yeah, yeah. So.
4: Um, big Race USA was I think it was a tenner uh, and Time Shock fifteen quid. I think might have been a bit less than that. So yeah, really, yeah, oh, uh, not, not too bad. That's really good quite affordable
1: for them. big, box, big box games. Yeah,
4: and I think I got the Amiga version of Pinball Dreams as well. Uh, it was a packing copy, so it wasn't the retail version. But I think that was like eight quid. So. Huh. Yeah, if you want to collect pinball games, go for it. It's not going to cost you a lot. Hmm.
2: I should have mentioned too that um, Gaga has a particular pinball boss pinball game we didn't talk about called Pinball World. Pinball World, which tried to be sort of um, it, it's a it's kind of a really unusual pinball game in that you're kind of playing a whole bunch of different tables that all link to each other. So you're basically you like you're playing one table and then you can like cross over into a different table. And then you can go from that table to other tables. It's almost like you're like on a pinball
4: adventure almost. Like a pinball world. Is that a bit like Psycho Pinballing, Or is it a bit more involved? Well, I would say it's a bit more involved based on your description. Yeah, it's a bit
2: more involved than that. Because it, you're, there's like, I think it's like, I want to say like 12 or 14 different tables that all cross link with each other. Wow. So I didn't feel it was really worth bringing up though for for today because it's, Beyond that feature, it really doesn't have a lot going for it.
1: Mm. It's interesting. It also is uh, at least in Europe or in Germany. It's five euros and forty nine cents. Like all the classic pinball games, they're all five yeah. forty nine. Mm.
2: Yeah, that must be the sweet spot. Well, it, Gog has a certain has certain pricing that they try to adhere to for their retro titles. So,
1: yeah,
3: that's not terrible though. Especially if you can get Epic Pinball for that money. I mean, that's 13 tables, right? Yeah. yeah. I a yeah. Them. So that's pretty good.
4: We should mention, though, that the pro pinball games on GOG are not DOS. They are Windows. Mm. Don't they run in DOS either? Nope. They don't offer the DOS versions at all. Oh, that's a shame.
2: That's well, good to know.
4: Yeah. It is. Huh. But the Windows version is, is identical. The only problem is you can only run it in Windows.
1: Sure. Yeah. Right. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So we usually ask, do you, uh, do you think the game holds up this time? Were many games, not one? <laughs> Were the games like you expected? Do you recommend them? That's uh, I think well, we covered so, that when we talked about... Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah.
4: I think I'd like to ask, which one, for those of us who played the games, which one's your favorite? Oh. Which is your favorite video pinball game?
1: That's a good question. And which is your least favorite, excluding (laughs) Star Because that's the cop-out answer.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was a big fan of Psycho Pinball at the time, and it still brought back a lot of fond memories when I played it now.
4: Mm. Uh,
3: Especially the Wild West uh, table. It's just really good, I feel. But the other ones are pretty good, too. Uh, Psycho and the Abyss, they're called. Yeah. Uh, I think think Psycho Pinball is a really solid game, and... Mm. uh, so that's probably my favorite. And I don't want to I don't go on. Let's just say it. I, well, I don't want to say that 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 I was disappointed in Pinball Dreams, but I was a bit disappointed in Pimble Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, since it's such a notable title, you know, just you just think back, oh yeah, the it was an yeah. amazing game on the Amiga and then you actually sit down and play it and it's a bit meh. So,
4: mm. yeah. It's
1: of its era, isn't it? Yeah. yeah you, have to, you have to compare it to the other stuff. Exactly.
3: Right? And it's a lot better than the previous generation, obviously. <laughs> Certainly. So Certainly. there's that, but yeah.
2: Well, I would say the one that um that I still probably have the most fondness for out of the ones we discussed is Epic Pinball, just because of the fact that I grew up with that. So I played a whole bunch of it. Like most of these I've either only played a little bit of or didn't or hadn't played. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is that even though it's terrible, the one I probably have the most nostalgia for is Macadam Bumper, because <laughs> that was the very first one I played on PCs. Wow.
4: The problem is that I, the, first, the pinball games that I played when I was a kid were all Windows. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that doesn't help.
4: No. So, the, of, the, of the ones we've talked about, my favorite is definitely Big Race USA. Just because I love cartoons, and it's got that feel to it. Um, it really does. Even though it's a pinball game, it feels like you're playing through a cartoon, hmm. and that's that's somewhat special about it. Uh, also, it, it just seems like the most playable of the of the pro pinball games to me. Hmm. But that's just I'm not very good at pinball, so <laughs> that's that.
3: Well, the pro pinball games definitely seem like the most uh, like the most impressive ones of of the whole bunch.
4: Yes. Yeah. Um. And. Unfortunately, my least favorite is macadam bumper, just because <laughs> it's, you can't be blamed. <laughs> it's like it's like playing on ice. It's like it's like the table's flat. No. That's that it.
2: I said I was nostalgic for it. I didn't say it's I not, wanted to go back good. and play it all the
4: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've just dissed your favorite game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> You're probably far enough apart from each other so you don't yeah, need to not, fear being yeah. eaten up.
4: Ha! Yeah. Social distancing wins again. <laughs> Yay!
1: <laughs> okay. I think that concludes Pinball Games, right? I guess. It does. So let's talk a bit about what's going on in the club and in the near future. So... What what are we playing right now, Tyne?
3: Um, well it's still June, as we've sort of catch catched
1: up. Caught, if, caught up
3: if, is the word. If yeah.
1: we if we actually manage to pull off our, our plan, then you might actually it might actually still be June by the time we release this episode. Maybe,
3: maybe. <laughs> uh, unlikely, but maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, in June we're playing Frederick Paul's Gateway, which is a Texas venture.
1: Or is it interactive fiction? What is it?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's you good beat question. me Jimmy I it. don't know. I still don't know. Um but yeah, it's a text game. And it's the first one we've played with the club since the
1: beginning. Yeah. So that's very cool. And actually lots of us have actually finished the game and the second game already. <laughs> by now we talked about it a lot, and it's a great game, and we will talk about it uh, next time.
4: That's gonna be a long Definitely. show.
1: Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. And then in July, we wanted to play. Another platformer, and we decided to go for Jill of the Jungle, another classic one, I guess.
3: Yeah, this one launched Epic Mega Games, I think. Uh-huh. Mm. This was like their breakout hit game. Uh, shareware title, uh, super cool. So,
1: we also enabled them to uh, publish uh, Epic Pinball, right? So... Indeed. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, after that, in August, we had actually a poll. Uh, about which real-time strategy game we we're going to play, and we only put up two options because there were only two games that we actually wanted to play and check out. And it's, that's well, there just... were
3: more. There were more, but we, I think um, I, I, I remember, for example, one of the other ones was Dungeon Keeper. But we feared oh, yeah. if we put Dungeon Keeper in the poll. Well, what's the point of the poll? It will just win, and it will just.
1: Yeah. It's also that that you're not a big pull from. No, fan, well, right? that's.
3: Yeah, that's besides the point. <laughs> anyway,
1: um, the games we put up were uh, KKND and, and ZAT And not not too surprisingly, I think Z won by like 10% margin. So we're going to play Z in August. Not the giant margin that I had expected, to be honest. No, but there was, there was like, I think like 15, 16 votes different. So. Yeah. Out of 100, I don't know, 160 or so. Okay, that's the near future of the club. If you want to discuss all of those games with us, then join us over at dosgameclub.com, where we have our forums and where you can also find all the previous episodes, which we highly, highly recommend listening to. You can chat to us on IRC or also use the website where we have a widget that connects you to IRC if you don't like installing an IRC client yourself. You can follow us on Twitter, where we are called at dosgameclub. Oh, maybe I should say, uh, if you want to join IRC, it's on Afternet, and the channel is called DOS Game Club. (laughs) And if you listen to us through some kind of uh, podcasting app like iTunes, Spotify, whatever, then give us a rating and please make it five stars or the (laughs) equivalent of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. and also, uh, be like Esco
1: and send in a voice message. Oh, right! Send us lots of voice messages. It's, it's, we have we've had quite a lot of voice messages, voice messages recently, didn't we? We've had a few. So, yeah. So keep them coming. Good. Yeah. Yeah. More are better. Anyway, that's this episode. Thanks, um, you guys, for joining. Thank you for having yeah, thanks us. Thanks for having us,
3: and thanks for hosting, Florian.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure. Someone's got it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> like I do. It's just it's natural. Just
4: oh, that thing. <laughs> uh,
1: whatever. Anyway, bye, everyone. Bye. bye. bye.
4: <laughs>